0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week, it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who, of course, uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300 go check them out. If you're at home, check them out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time.
0: It's the Mixed Martial
1: Arts Hour with... Uh, Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life On this Monday, January 3rd, 2022 It's going to be a little while before I get used to saying that Hello again, my friends I hope you're doing well I have missed you oh so very much It has been, oh my over two weeks since our last program happy new year happy holidays to you and yours i hope you're all very well and healthy and i wish you all the best in 2022 it's been a crazy time since we signed off and uh, if you happen to be working from home if you're uh for whatever reason looking for something to do i hope that you are choosing us on this monday afternoon because i am so happy to be here with all of you it's my favorite show of the year my most anticipated show of the year the ninth annual The MMA Hour award show is upon us, my friends. Look at this. There's only one reason these days for me to break out the tux. I bought this tux three years ago when we rung in the new year over at the Worldwide Leader. The new year and also the new era of the UFC on ESPN. And it was so funny that they chose. Myself and New York Rick to do that. I mean, the irony was fantastic. I'm sure a lot of people in the great state of Nevada were very excited and happy about that as well. And for the last few years, I have worn this little tuxedo baby. Uh, when I do my other awards. Now, they were called the Helwani Nose Awards for that three-year period, but this started off as the MMA Hour Awards, and it shall continue as the MMA Hour Awards. The first time that New York Rick and I did them was back in 2013, the 2013 year. Uh, We did them at the very, very end of 13. We might have given out a couple in 12, but it was really a thing that started in 13, and so this is the ninth annual awards, and it's so exciting for me because biggest one ever... 26 categories, biggest one ever, 26. Name me another award show, not only in, in, in sports, but an award show, period, that has 26 categories. 20, I, I repeat, 26 categories. Uh, not only that, first time ever, we've got the People's Awards as well. My good friend Alex Weber was kind enough to compile... All the, uh, the suggestions that I got on my Substack, he was able to put them together, and we now have essentially the People's Awards. So at the end of every little category discussion, I'll tell you who the people uh, have chosen as well. It's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be here. 2021 was a fantastic year, a roller coaster of a year, but we ended on a very strong note. I'm so happy to be back. A lot has happened since we last said goodbye. Of course, we all know what happened in Tampa with the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley fight, Derek Luce with the big win, UFC off for a couple of weeks here, returning on January 15th with the uh, Giga Chikadze fight against Calvin Cater. But what a year 2021 was. Uh, before I get into the award show, uh, let us tell you about our good friends over at DraftKings. As always, this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, and please use the code Hour for a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code Hour only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I mean, look at this. Look at me right here. I mean, this. Is, I, feel, I feel great right now. I should wear a tuxedo every week on this program. Every Monday should be tuxedo. Look at that. Get a shot of that, Yoon. I mean, look at this. Is this a, a clip-on tie, bow tie, or is it uh, put together via my wife you'll never know but we make it look good here i feel fantastic i feel like you know it's important to celebrate these moments the end of the year the beginning of the year and i mean just take a look at the categories that we have lined up for all of you yes thank you very much for that mysterious frank i mean take a look at this as thorough and as robust as it comes no guests on today's program by the way it's all about us It's all about the award winners. It's all about the year that was in the great sport of mixed martial arts. Knockout of the year. Submission of the year. Breakout fighter of the year. Most improved fighter of the year. Coach of the year. Event of the year. Crowd of the year. Walkout of the year. Promo of the year. Poster of the year. Photo of the year. Social media user of the year. A couple new ones here. Bad beat of the year. Betting underdog of the year. Lock of the Year. Most profitable fighter of the year. Comeback fight of the year. Comeback fighter of the year. Upset of the year. Probably shouldn't have said of the year all these times, but I'm going to stick with it. Rivalry of the year. Story of the year. Feel good moment of the year. One of my favorites. Round of the year. Fight of the year. Female fighter of the year. And male fighter of the year. I mean, is there a category that we missed? Probably not. I mean, you could throw a couple in there if you want to be a wise guy. But overall, I feel very good about this. I actually have... This is the uh, 2018 trophy right here. Corporate Jake made it for me, so I'll put it on the desk. Should I put it right here? Why not? Boom. There it is. Put a little bag, a little bag. Yes, I like that very much. All right. I feel good. Of course, uh, I'm not, you know, that egotistical. It's not all about me. What makes these award show fun is that, uh, you know, you debate them. And over the years, it's always been... Uh, myself and New York Rick of course we now have GC as a part of the crew as well so the show wouldn't be the same without them and without further ado I do believe that they are here with us they're going to be giving their winners as well throughout the program and so let us say hello now to our old pals New York Rick and GC as always GC coming with the props dressing up happy new year my friend how are you
2: I'm fantastic. Happy New Year to you as well. You look and, and Rick. Yeah, you look incredible. The glasses are a great touch. I got the dust off the tuxedo for the day. It feels yeah. good to be back in it. It's been a few years. Yeah, when's the last time you wore that? Uh, like it might be like five years. Yeah, like college. It looks. You also have the cummerbund as well, right? Oh yeah, we got the cummerbund on. Let's see. It. The, Locking the black belt, yeah. Um, oh, look at that! I, I, that is fantastic. I'm not rocking the full tux. I don't have the tux pants on, just the top.
1: And did you celebrate New Year's? I mean, are are these things that uh, you actually wore for your New Year's party a couple days ago? No.
2: Okay, I, I'll admit to that. I went to the party city right down the road. It's getting a lot of business from these holidays. <laughs> I mean, me. I, I love can't it. even lie.
1: I love it, and I love the fact that you've really souped it up because you're you're pretty much. You know, dressing up for the two of you over there. I mean, New York Rick right, could not even be. Bothered. I was hoping for
2: the tuxedo. Not shirt. even the tuxedo shirt. I was praying shirt. for the you tuxedo You
1: couldn't even shirt. have
0: broken that out. No, you know what? I'm <laughs> I'm in the middle of a move. It's at the other house, and wow! I just decided it's Monday afternoon. Just stretch out like this. Couldn't even get show like a, up
1: a, a quick Amazon purchase, and here it
0: is. You no, could have literally no. bought that in 24 hours. I could not. Um, You know what? It's it's 2022. Where we're gonna bury that. Uh, in 2021 we're, we're gonna, done we're gonna burn that uh we're done with the tuxedo, tuxedo wow shirt. It's okay done. nothing
1: on uh the wall over there
2: Yeah. No holiday decor.
1: no no that's, that's coming don't that worry that's that. coming okay we've been hearing about it for the last couple months now i
0: told you in the new year Con- connor knows connor knows uh
1: 2013 was our first award show in New york rick right? as uh, you may recall back at the very old studio but this is fun because we now have a a third member one time we did uh the International Fight Week draft with a third member it didn't go very well. I don't know if you remember that. I don't remember that. Okay. Who probably that? for the best. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I, I feel good about this. And I also feel good about the People's Awards as well. I keep wanting to call it the People's Choice Awards, but I feel like that's been taken yeah, by yeah, someone else. let's not go else. there. Let's not go there. Um, so I'm very excited. GC, your first awards. I know you've been watching the program for the last, you know,
2: nine yeah, years. So you're you know, ve- you're yeah. very familiar. A lot of with pressure. You guys don't even remember the guy from 2013. It was that bad. That's so. right. Um, I, got, I got pressure mounted.
1: We won't bring up you know Knicks, Hawks, Bills, Falcons. Even though you were talking smack, we won't bring up the last couple of weeks. All right. I trust. I won't release the text messages. <laughs> yeah, How I- concerned you actually
2: <laughs> were at halftime.
1: Uh, I trust both of you. Healthy, good, great. You know, holiday season, all that stuff.
2: As good as it gets. Could not be better these times. Could not okay. be better. And great yeah. to see all of you. Yes, everybody sir.
0: back here. You, Helwani. It's it's okay. nice to be around.
1: Unfortunately, uh, we're down a member of the team and we, yeah. we certainly wish him well. And uh, I also want to give a shout out before we get things rolling here to our good friend Caposa, who I think is a, a huge part behind the scenes of this program, at least for me. I don't know if New York... I never bring it up to New York, Rick, <laughs> that I uh, I reach out to Caposa for some help. I, You'll learn about this uh, in the future, GC, but Caposa uh, is an invaluable resource when it comes to these uh, award shows. So I want to give uh, my man at Grabica underscore hitman i believe on that's, twitter
0: that's correct i always reach out to Caposa first year and i'm proud to say first year you did not uh, I did not come on really uh there's a reason that will be revealed later but okay. i did not wow um, i'm shocked uh, i usually do but I, I was like you know what let me let me do it on my own this year okay uh, but shout out to Caposa, the the goat all right enough dilly dallying so how we'll do this is
1: uh you know we'll go through all the categories Uh, I'll give you my pick. You guys will give your picks. We'll see if we're on the same page or not. We'll talk about them. In the end, we all know that my pick, you know, holds the most weight. I mean, the entire MMA community is probably sitting around right now waiting to see if I will bestow the honor upon them of winning the uh, 2021 MMA Hour Awards. Not untrue. uh, and, uh, you know, one year we actually sent these bad boys out. I'll That's leave it right. up to you guys. if we, we were two years late, but, you know, we still made the <laughs> effort. So I'll leave it up to you guys if you want to do that. But I do think it is time to get this bad boy underway because we got a lot to get to, my friends. We got a lot to get to and a lot to discuss. It's always tough. It's a bit of a daunting task when you're getting into it. You're like, holy smokes. You know, like Max Holloway, Calvin Cater feels like it happened nine years ago at this point. But in the end... I think we all did our research. We all worked very hard. I've been thinking about this for the past several weeks. In fact, I will also say uh, I don't recall ever debating winners this late into the process. As of late last night, I was still going back and forth, but the time is up. It's time to hand out some hardware, my friends. All right. Uh, first category, guys. You know, I like to do things uh, a little different. You know, Sometimes you'll start out with male fighter, female Now, you got to start out with a fun one, an explosive one. I think one that will be highly debated. You got to start with knockout of the year. So that'll be our first category. Knockout of the year. It's a very fun one. It's one that I think, uh, you know, everyone looks forward to. And I will say this is one of those that I was debating. Um, There were a lot of good potential winners. Uh, I will give my honorable mentions at the end because I don't want to steal any of yours. So in the end, after much deliberation, much consternation, much mental debating. I ended up going with a knockout that happened on February 6, 2021. It was a fantastic knockout by Corey Sanhagen against Frankie Edgar, a flying knee knockout. It was almost like he was shot out of a cannon in the early portion of that first round. The knockout, the finish, there it is. The jump, the execution, everything about it. Who it was and who it was against was fantastic. Like I said, a ton of great ones this year, but in the end, my knockout of the year winner is Corey Sanhagen over Frankie Edgar, flying knee UFC fight night, Alistair Overeem, Alexander Volkov back in February of 2021. Feel very good about this one, but honestly, you can make a very strong case for several. Eric, who do you got? Who do you got for us? Who's your winner for knockout of the year?
0: I've got Kamar Usman knocking Jorge Masvidal clean out. Um, First time uh, Masvidal had been uh, knocked unconscious. He had another TKO loss on his record, but never been knocked unconscious in that many fights. Uh, Kamaru Usman showing the improvements in his striking. For me, the stakes, the circumstance, the moment itself, the unexpectedness, uh, that was the one for me.
1: So that's what we always debate. We always debate stakes and, you know, like sometimes – like that knockout on the prelims of a Bellator card, no one's talking about, right? But considering it's the main event, considering who it is, you're going with that one. It, it was a great knockout – and we'll get GC's pick here. I had some issues with it, but I'll, I'll save my thoughts for a second because uh, obviously that was on the short list. And we'll be talking about that moment and I think that particular fighter throughout the program as well because obviously Usman had a fantastic year. But GC, who's your pick for 2021 knockout of the year?
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to go with a little bit more of a sleeper. You know, the stakes weren't necessarily as high, but the knockout was just so impressive. I had to go with it. My jaw dropped when I saw it. Ignacio Bahamondes KOing Roosevelt Roberts. Come five, on.
1: What? GC coming out with a hipster pick right off the bat?
2: Look at that picture. Look at that photo. I mean, photo. It, I mean it, went, it went incredibly viral. Five seconds left in the fight. I mean, my jaw dropped. I mean, I went crazy when it happened. I, that, that's what I'm going out with. I'm going with KO of the year. How do you Roosevelt feel about Roberts this? How
1: do you feel about this, Neer Crick? I mean, I feel like I think this it's is, a, a,
2: is a hipster
0: it's a really pick good right off the pick. bat. You know, is it really you, that hipster? You you spoke about it. You have to kind of balance the stakes and the circumstances yeah. and the style points. And this one is, I think, number one in the books in terms of style points. This was one of the cleanest, nicest, most beautiful knockouts Sand of the year. up there with style points. It's, it's up there. Not easy to do that. This is number one. This is number one. Um... I think mine is probably a little more on the other side of the scale toward the stakes and circumstance. Uh, I think all three of these undoubtedly are three of the top five. There's there's no doubt. If these are not in your top five, then you have the wrong list. Okay, so, so
1: there are a couple other ones to consider. Uh, Sergio Pettis, Kyoji Hiraguchi, of course, the spinning back fist. Um, Yuri Prochaska and Dominic Reyes, the spinning back elbow. I got to be honest with you, for me, it came down to two. It really came down to Corey Sanhagen, Frankie Edgar – and Rose Namunas, Zhang Wei Li. The mm-hmm. head kick knockout, splitting the defense like that, coming in. That, I mean, honestly, like that was the one for me. You talk about style points. What's better than that?
2: Rose was one that I actually considered heavily, and I feel like not enough people are talking about that one mm-hmm. for knockout of the year. Um, but yeah, I ended up going with a different spinning head kick. Um,
0: Adrian everything Maris, on my list. DJ. Yeah.
1: That was, I mean, I mean no, obviously... Con-
0: why? Kind of a TKO finish, though. A lot, a lot of these are a lot cleaner.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, of course. And then it gets a little funky. Like, oh, I saw some people talking about Engano Miocic, but I, th- I think you know, um, Olivera Chandler. I think we have the ones that are the cleanest. You know, the one hitter quitters. Um, for me, it yep. really came down. It really came down to Rose and Corey Sanhagen.
0: No, mo- uh, no love for Usman. You, you said you had problems with it. Yeah. I want to okay. hear. Okay, I'll I'll tell you this. what the
1: problems are. Clean. Powerful, yep. impactful, big stage. In the end, it was a right hand. Oh, stop that. Like who, who am I? Oh,
0: stop What? That. In the end, it was a right hand.: Yeah, so what? In the end, it was a kick for Rose Eunuse yeah, and it was a damn, head kick.
1: That's pretty damn tough.
0: By the way, you don't mention so Pauline. landing a picture perfect right hand is Listen, easy. Don't don't walk me no, into no, a scenario no, 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 where I'm discrediting no, no, no. Kamaru. You are You're, no. Oh, it's just the right hand. It's just yeah, the yeah. right hand against a guy who's never been knocked unconscious <laughs> and put him flat on the canvas. Uh,
1: uh, GC's pick was nice. It was, it was something. It was something Beautiful. Superhuman. Beautiful. Something superhuman. I go into the basement right now, I hit that bag, I hit a right hand. You know Here, you're no?
0: discrediting
2: <laughs> discrediting <laughs> okay,
0: punches as a whole. Like yeah, this is ridiculous. If we're gonna do that, how many flying knee knockouts do we see a year? probably a bunch, right? Like No, we probably don't. A handful.
2: A handful. I mean, okay, were, you just
0: went from a bunch to a handful. Probably A bunch, a handful. Okay, let, let's call it what it is. Yeah. Um how how many like clean right hand one hitter quitters do we see? I would guess it's it not fantastic. that much more. I will give it its props later on in the program. A lot of TKOs. Rest he put him out, out. It was night, just... night, sleep, fish flopping. the Did on you debate this canvas. one,
2: TC? I mean, I thought of taking the Usman knockout. It was definitely on my short list for sure. Again, remember who it's against.
0: That's of course. that's important as as is sandhagen against edgar right like edgar is notoriously tough nobody puts him out out really like that um great knockout it was my second i had sandhagen edgar um as my number 2 i just think you have to give credit to kamar usman the way he he put jorge masvidal out it matters to me wow who who it's against absolutely I just feel like when you strip
1: you you have to consider that, but when you strip all that away, you have it's to look at the, the right you have to look at the technique. If this was a dunk competition, right? That's you know the standard fair foul line dunk. Now you go between the lines. Yeah, you do, yeah,
2: okay. The Guess foul what? Line dunk, foul line dunks, we've we've seen dun- win dunk <laughs> we've competitions. We've seen them. We've seen them. A dunk contest is a basketball player against the hoop. This is two fighters I, going against try, each other. Listen, I, all I'm trying to say
0: is I get it. Style points matter. You get what, you're you're get what bo- I'm trying to say. I get exactly what you're trying to say. I'm boiling feel- it down to the technique was was a simpler technique. I would argue that in the sport of mixed martial arts, in the in the in the, the, the chess match between the two fighters, landing that type of right hand with that type of force against that opponent um, is just as difficult as landing the flying knee. That that is my argument, and I think that that matters, and I think that. The, the result of it matters, too. Uh, and Masvidal being down on the canvas like that, it, it matters. And that is nothing against either of your two picks because those are top of the top. This, the was, way, a, this can, was a hard category this year. Very hard, and that's why I wanted to start I mean, Prohaska and Reyes is like in
1: any Insane. other year,
0: that's a knockout of the century. And I think and we all it,
1: said it when it happened. Oh, that's got to be knockout and, of the year, right? And this
0: year, it's not even any of our picks. So, like, you know, And I, this I can was see it now. Year. People be like, oh, you're hating
1: on Usman. Oh, shut the F up. Usman's gonna get his love throughout this program. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. I mean, this was, I saw someone saying, like, oh, you only pick the winners based on who comes on your show. Listen, there's no guess. <laughs> there's no guess. I'm trying to make it as unbiased as possible for that reason. Um, and I'm not trying to discredit him, he's the man. Now, I will let you know uh, 135 total fan votes uh, in terms of the knockout of yeah. the year. Uh, and the people chose Kamar Usman and Jorge Masvidal. Oh, wow. I'll have you know. So how about that? Uh, I mean, I are, am the man of the people, so yes. 48 for uh, Usman. Um, number two, by the way, Corey Sanhagen. Number three, Yuri Prochaska. Number four, Rose Namunas. Number five, Francis Ngannou. Wow. Your boy Ignacio wow. only got me. five. Only got oh, five votes. Wow. unfortunately. It's pretty
0: close to my top five. Not bad. Yeah. I guess it was a little I'm bit. Of with oh, by the way, here.
1: there were a couple of ones that the people were like completely off on, but for the most part, I thought they nailed it. So, yeah, good job, people. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's knockout of the year. Any final thoughts there, guys? Or you feel like we? Uh, I would
2: say, just to Rick's point, I I do feel like, Kamara Usman's knockout had some style points. Like you are saying it's just a punch, oh, like the way course. he put them out, the pictures that came out. Like I think there were some style points too. Oh, it.
1: don't be white. It's already. It's, saying, already I mean, <laughs> it's, it's already beginning. It's already beginning. I'm afraid to look at the Twitter mentions but. as we speak because uh, oh, you're just hating on. <laughs> come on, Corey Sandhagen. Like he was like a Jack in the Box coming out of that thing. Like out of nowhere, just. Yeah, it was an incredible knockout. Incredible
2: knockout. They all were. It was, also, it was a very tough game. It was
1: back-to-back crazy knockouts for Corey Sanhagen, if you recall. Oh, yeah. At the end of... Uh,
2: the what kick was it? against Marias, right? Yeah. The, 20, the wheel kick. Yeah.
1: 2020 Cory Corey, Corey
0: Sanhagen lost twice this year, but had one heck of a year. I'm sure we'll all get to to some of Corey yes. yeah, Sanhagen's year.
1: All right. So that's knockout of the year. Congratulations to all the winner, in particular, Corey Sanhagen, for his great knockout <laughs> of uh, Frankie Edgar. Uh, let us move along now and talk about another great one. Another one that I think is very tough, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's some disagreement here, and that is submission of the year. Submission of the year is always really tough, um, because there's always a lot of them. And again, it's one of those that I think, you know, as New York Rick said, with the uh, knockouts, stakes, who it's against, where it's on the card, all that stuff matters. The, uh, you know, is it a main event? Is it title fight, I I think sometimes we get a little bit blinded by that uh, in the end, and there were a lot of great ones this year. I'll I'll, I'll throw out a couple as we move up, and and maybe I'll say some of the ones that the guys um, will say as well. Uh, Clay Guida's Submission win over Leandro Leonardo Santos, excuse me, uh, Vicente Luque's Darce Choke over Tyron Woodley. That was a great one. Of course, uh, Amanda Nunes, Megan Anderson, the reverse triangle armbar back at UFC 259 was a great one. Luque Chiesa, another great one as well. Can't forget about AJ McKee and Patricio Pitbull Fahed. Uh, the one that it came down to for me, it was down to two guys. It was down to Andre Muniz and Jacare Souza, the armbar, pulling that off against Jacare, the legend, I know he's getting older. I know it's, uh, you know, not the same Jacare as 10 years ago, but to do that against Jacare, to submit him for the first time in his MMA career back at UFC 262 was a huge deal for Andre. In the end though, I went with Anthony Hernandez versus Adolfo Vieira, the guillotine victory, UFC 258, I believe, and perhaps GC can back me up on this. I believe Hernandez was something like a plus 500 underdog or something like that. To do that again, you have to appreciate Hadolfo Vieira, you have to appreciate how great he is as a BJJ black belt. You have to appreciate his background in the fine art of jujitsu. For a guy like Anthony Hernandez to submit Hadolfo Vieira with any kind of submission, let alone a guillotine, was nothing short of amazing. And so in the end, my submission of the year, Anthony Hernandez via guillotine against Adolfo Vieira back at UFC 258, the
2: Usman Burns card in February. GC, your pick. So first off, that was that's an incredible pick. His betting odds to win by submission, oh, Anthony yeah. Hernandez, 30 to 1, plus 3,000. So, yeah. Oh my God, that yeah, is insane. I mean, in, insane. If you were holding that ticket, that's, that's crazy. You mentioned it, Andre Muniz. That's the one that I'm going with. The stakes, who he did it over. The fact that he snap dude's arm i mean if you can see the the ringside judge or whoever it was that was watching it and they immediately turn away they're so uncomfortable with how it was i you know going into that fight i don't think anyone in the world gave him a chance of of uh sub- submitting soza and just the way that he did it and you know the brutality of it i guess is is what makes me give it submission of the year okay so you're g- you're going with that as well
1: I'm well, going with Andre you, Muniz. He's going with oh, Muniz you're going with over Muniz. Jacare
2: Souza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, 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 wow. Okay. Yeah, I was saying the fact that he's doing it over Jacare, the Huge. intensity of the submission, how how insane it was. Uh, that's why I gave him submission to you.
1: Now the reason I didn't go with Jacare is, uh, or you know, Muniz over Jacare is because Jacare getting a little older. It was tough though. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to try to almost do like a pros and cons category thing and decide. All right, who gets Vieira being somewhat of in his prime, as opposed to Jacare, not was ultimately why I gave it to Viera. But no wrong answer
0: here, New York Rick. I had the same shortlist. I think most people did, but I had Hernandez um, for the for the simple reason that Viera's one of the best gra- living grapplers right now, uh, closer to his prime, um, having you know made the transition to MMA uh, much more recently than Jacare. Um, if if we're gonna play devil's advocate. I think the one thing against the Vieira submission is that clearly a lot of it was a result of him gassing out. Um mm-hmm. he it was a comeback fight. He was he was dominating um Hernandez and then Hernandez turned it around to submit him. Uh, he was completely gassed whereas Muniz just straight muscled Jacare um and and put a submission on him that broke his arm. So I think there are pros and cons for each. Ultimately, I could not go against a non-grappler submitting uh Vieira, but I I think either of those is a very
1: Deserving yeah. winner, tough one. Uh, this is one of those, by the way, where the people were, and I had a feeling uh, on a different playing field than all of us. They went left field, and maybe there was some recency bias here. Some style points, or what? No, the uh, the winner, as far as the people are concerned, with uh, 128 total votes. Uh, number one, Charles Oliveira over Dustin Poirier.
0: Mm,
2: interesting. Okay. Now, I, th- I then, think that has to be recency bias. Yeah, but it I, happened, like, I understand December the argument right? there.
0: The the stakes and and uh, Nunez over uh, Pena over Nunez is another one that kind of falls into that category. I get that. I get if those are the submissions for me. I think submitting grap you know all time legendary jiu-jitsu players to me pushes that a little bit above. But I completely get that. Again, one of those where you
1: obviously have to consider it. Uh, I think considering our respect for Jacare and Adolfo Vieira, that gets yep. the nod. Uh, some others that they uh, gave a nod. Number two, by the way, uh, honestly, like ours didn't come in until like four or five. Brandon Moreno with the rear naked choke over Davison and yeah. back in June. Again, I think that the title fight submissions get yep. a little more love, but that was obviously, a, that was a very clean one and a very beautiful one as well. Uh, Islam Makhachev's Kimura over Dan Hooker back in uh, Abu yep. Dhabi. The Muniz uh, win over Jacare Luque with the had uh, two. Uh, yeah. The big win over Michael Kesa, also the win over uh, Tyron Woodley. And there were a bunch, Paul Craig over Jamal Hill, Hamza Chemaev over Lee Liang. Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes didn't get as much love, and I think probably because it wasn't textbook, but the stakes obviously very high in that one.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought you were going to tell me that there were more of the like, you know, regional or, you know, non-UFC um, style points type submissions, you know, like the the wackier ones. mm mm-hmm. um, I'm surprised to hear that that was the list without these being higher. Um, Guida versus Santos also. Not a lot of love for um, Guida. I feel like that I mean, that was a recency one, and I feel like no one's talking yeah, about so that. Yeah, so I'm a little surprised by that list, but I, I think ultimately the three of us uh, landed in the right spot there.
1: Yeah, and I do think that AJ Keys guillotine over uh, for sure. Patrick, excuse for sure. me, Patricio Pitbull was a pretty damn
0: big one you, considering you how talk good Patricio was. Yeah, yeah you want to talk about stakes. That's, that's the highest of the high.
1: All right, so that's uh, Submission of the Year. Congratulations to uh, Anthony, to Andre, and to Charles Oliveira, the People's Winner for Submission of the Year. Okay, this is fun. We are rolling here. Appreciate everyone who's uh, joining us. Uh, Let's keep things rolling along here and talk about Breakout Fighter of the Year. This was one that initially I had some trouble with, and then I was like, oh, of course, because everyone kind of has their own definition of Breakout. Is it breaking out onto the scene, period? Like, we didn't know who this person was a year ago. Is it breaking onto the UFC scene? Because that's obviously the major leagues, if you will, the highest platform, the uh, the most well-known promotion in the sport of MMA. No one can deny that. Always different definitions, variations of this one. In the end, for me, breakout fighter of the year 2021, I went with the French Prince, Cyril Gun who, of course, was undefeated to start the year. But when you consider what he did in this year, and honestly, the win over Derek Lewis, big in its own right, and we all kind of you know, debated, criticized, complained about the interim title. Um, it is what it is. He got the interim title. It sets up the highly anticipated unification bout in just a few weeks, January 22nd. When you have a year where you're defeating Jarzinho Rosenstrike, Alexander Volkov, and Derek Lewis, and you're beating Derek in Houston. Uh, this is a guy who started the year seven and zero, who only started his you know MMA career three and a half years ago. And I know he ended twenty twenty with a big win over Junior Dos Santos. I really feel like he broke out onto the scene, so to speak. Now there are other names that you could certainly consider. Uh, I was debating uh, the likes of Patty Pimblett, but ultimately Patty only had one fight in the UFC and we all kind of knew who he was. And I don't think that enough. Now you can look at social media. You can look at his impact. You can look at what he did, all that stuff. He's certainly a, uh, a worthy winner of that award. If you want to go in that direction, other names that came to mind, Marina Rodriguez, Giga Chikadze, Chris Barnett, Kayla Harrison had another breakout year. A.J. McKee had a breakout year. Yuri Prochaska had a breakout year. Sean Brady had a breakout year. Brandon Moreno, only one fight, but of course, the big win winning the belt. Merab Shvili, Chris Curtis, Casey O'Neal. In the end, though, the man who came up the ranks the most, who's now about to fight for the belt, unification bout, to me, surreal Ghan, 3-0, the French Prince. That's my 2021 breakout fight of the year. New York, Rick?
0: Yeah, great pick. Um, you mentioned my three kind of shortlist candidates Mine was one Dubronk's Charles Oliveira. Interesting. Um, interesting. The way I kind of conceptualize this and I and I tend to um think about Breakout Fighter of the Year is not necessarily somebody breaking through the door, but can be more who climbed the highest, who kind of took the highest leap. They they were hitting a point, and then they went to the highest. I think, you know, obviously Charles Oliveira ended uh, 2020 with a win over Tony Ferguson. Um, but I think that was it for 2020, if I recall correctly. I think it was his only fight to then enter 2021 uh, and uh, pick Wait, up had the wins. The Kevin Lee fight. Uh, sorry, you're right. Kevin Lee and, and uh, Tony so that's, Ferguson. So well, that's why it was tough for me. He
1: had big wins in 2020.
0: He had big wins. I mean, so did Cyril Ghosn. Cyril Gaon was rolling in 2022. No, um, I near think the title picture at that JDS, point. right? Like yeah. I think you know, it's 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 equivalent in my opinion, and I think Oliveira reached greater heights, um, and that's what it came down to me. I think um, to and and let's remember at the start of twenty twenty one. The narrative around Charles Oliveira isn't the narrative that is now. There was a lot sure. of what is what kind of heart does he have, quitter this, quitter that, um, from other fighters uh, saying that. Um, I think in, by the end of 2021, that all went out the window when we saw who Charles Oliveira really is. Um, for me, he made the most strides in 2021, or at least showed us the most strides in 2021. So uh, he was my pick with Gon uh, being my second. Hard to hate on it. He had a,
1: I mean, an incredible year, sensational year. Was on an eight-fight winning streak entering the year. That's why ultimately, I don't know. I felt like gone undefeated. Same. Yeah, but not it's, not it's, eight fights exactly in a row in the, the UFC. Um, and I felt like his his opponents were higher caliber. But no, I mean it's it's impossible. It's one of those where I don't know if there's a, a wrong answer unless you go, you know, with uh, someone like Nick Diaz as your breakout fighter of the year. GC, and he might come up with comeback fighter of the year, of course, later on in the program. He from might. Rick.
2: Uh, who's your he pick? Might. Uh, so I like the approach that both of you guys took, people rising up the ranks. I took a little bit of a different one, sort of like breaking out. A lot of people starting to learn their names. I went with who you mentioned, Chris Curtis, hmm. uh, you know, being just entrenched in MMA betting Twitter. This is a guy that people couldn't talk about enough. He goes 4-0, and sort of on the regional scene, finally gets his long-awaited UFC debut. Short notice on Phil Haas, it gets canceled. He re-steps up, MSG 268, everyone talking Phil Haas, you know. He's a lock to win this. He gets the huge knockout, comes right back into the, into the octagon, faces Brendan Allen. Even in that one, I was, I was doubting him in that one. Again, a huge underdog. Vegas made him an even bigger underdog after knocking out Phil Hawes. And then he, he comes in and he knocks Brendan Allen out with, with, you know, he he didn't even really make it look that difficult. It was, it was incredible. And just the skills that he's shown, you know, a guy that's been trying to get in the UFC forever. Now it feels like he's pretty well cemented in a, in a UFC contract for at least the next few fights. Um, you know he's for me is the 2021 breakout fighter. Definitely on my short list as well. Fantastic year. A feel good story
1: as well, Chris Curtis after everything that he has uh, been through. Uh we'll go to the people now. And in total we had 132 votes and they picked Cyril Ghan as well. Uh 26 people picked Cyril Ghan. Patty Pimblett, I'm surprised neither of
0: you. I thought one of you would go with Patty Pimblett. He, he was right up there in third, but again yeah. for me I think it's it's who went the furthest, who who made the biggest Leaps and, and these two made bigger leaps, but Patty was right there for me. He was number three, especially
2: from a, a star power standpoint. I feel yes, like yeah. even people that aren't even into the UFC know who Patty Pimblett are now.
1: Honestly, it, it really
2: came down to those two for me, uh,
1: because like he just exploded and yeah. it was more about the superstardom. Um, now he's got this deal with Barstool, all this stuff. Huge year for Patty Pimblett. After only winning one fight in the UFC, Brandon Moreno obviously broke out with the uh, the win over Davison Figueredo, Islam Makhachev, Hamza Chmaiev, Sean O'Malley with another another nice year, uh, Casey O'Neill, Taitui Vassa as well, turning things around. So those are a few names as far as breakout fighter of the year. Let's go now to most improved fighter of the year. I debated this one internally a lot. This was one of those that I was talking about yesterday. New York Rick seems very confident. I'm not sure. Very confident. Okay. Uh, For me, this is a tough one as well because it's like, all right, most improved as of when, right? As of when we first met them, as of last year, as of the last few years. I mean, there's a lot. You know, the most improved award in the NBA is always a tough one as well. It's always a hotly debated one. And I feel like in MMA too – Couple names that came to mind: uh, Cheeto Vera, Brandon Moreno, uh, Kai Car France. I think has made some massive leaps this year. Shout out to Bilal Muhammad, who had a great year and ended on a great note with the win over uh, one Wonderboy Thompson. Derek Brunson, although you know it's it's more of a couple year run for him. He wasn't as active last year. I think he's made a lot of strides and is setting himself up for a potentially very big 2022. Uh, It came down to two for me. And these were the two that I was going back and forth on. Tai Tuivasa and Juliana Pena. In the end, I went with Juliana Pena. And I went with Juliana Pena because while her two wins couldn't have been further apart this year, January, Sarah McMahon, December, Amanda Nunes, I remember how people were talking about her going into the Nunes fight. I remember her losing via submission to Jermaine Durand to me at the end of last year, if anyone in January would have said we would have ended the year with Juliana Pena as the champion of the 135-pound division, you're an absolute liar. No one predicted that. I don't think a lot of people were predicting her to beat, at least even submit, Sarah McMahon back in January. That's a huge win over a silver medalist. And then, of course, the win. She has made massive strides. She has come a long way. And those two wins, the strengths of those two wins to me, were bigger than Ty's wins. Ty was on that big losing streak and even ended last year well. But, you know, beating the likes of Greg Hardy isn't the same as beating the likes of Juliana Pena or even Sarah McMahon. So it was tough. I was debating it. But in the end, you get a massive win, a submission win over Sarah McMahon. You get a massive win, a submission win over the GOAT, Amanda Nunes. Pena has come a long way since The
2: Ultimate Fighter.
1: She's my pick. Most improved fighter of 2021.
2: GC. It's hard to argue when you lay it out like that. The the Jermaine Durandamy submission. I had kind of forgotten how close that was to to where we are now. For me, you mentioned him. Again, of France. That's who I'm going to be going with here. Had no KO wins since 2017. He had no wins by finish in the UFC. Uh, coming into 2021, he had lost two of his last three. Then in 2021, he goes 2-0, and both wins by finish. Now he's in a title eliminator. And there's a chance if he gets past uh, Askar Askarov, he'll he'll be able to fight for the belt in 2022. So the improvements that he made are, are pretty clear, and I'll uh, take him for 2021 most improved fighter.
0: You're correct. Yeah, uh, both great choices. Um, uh, one thing I, w- I want to just address, please. The improvements have to happen in this year. I know, but you, I know you, you said you does it go get- back to when we that. first I do agree met with Ricky. them? No, absolutely not. Uh-huh. Cannot be. Not in the equation. Um, it has to be the improvements this year. And for me, the answer was very easy. There was I had number one, and then I had everybody else, Kamaru Usman. Number
1: wow, one. Kamaru Usman who's on like a flashback 45 40 <laughs> flash <fight laughs> winning streak
0: Yeah, yeah guess what let, Here, let me just spit something for you Let me has, spit, br- Listen, let me spit some science They're for what? you uh, uh, Let me, me also before I here do I this, gonna Let me say to
1: Criticize Kamaru Usman again yeah? This is also
0: equal parts a coach's award I think I yeah. think the, the the coaches and camps and training partners are so essential to this kind of growth Like we think of it as an individual award but it is such a team effort and I think the, the fighters themselves will be the first ones to say that um, But Mid-2020, the only fight of Kamaru Usman's 2020 was a, a grapple fest, cage, you know, wall wall yeah. and brawl against Jorge Masvidal. Flash forward to 2021, switches camps. He's now in camp with um, Trevor Whitman. Uh, TKO Gilbert Burns. If you, if you say that that's how you thought that fight was ending, I'd be intrigued to know that. Uh, knocking at, clean out Jorge Masvidal, as you know, my knockout of the year. And then uh, dominating Colby Covington at the end of the year. So... I I know there's a tendency to kind of go away from some of the top tier stars. To me, nobody has looked as different as a fighter. And I believe last year I picked Brian Ortega, who a very similar circumstance kind of came in and completely reinvented himself in the performance against um, Korean Zombie. For me, what I look for in this award is who has shown those improvements in 2021. The fighter that I saw in 2020 from Kamar Usman was not the same fighter that I saw in 2021. And I think he came the furthest. I think his coaches and and his team uh, deserve the credit for completely transforming him.
1: It's a great shout. It really is. It's one of your best picks of all time. Oh, thank you. No, it it really is. And uh, I'm embarrassed that I didn't even mention him as an honorable mention. Uh, It's a fantastic shout. By the way, the people didn't, really have Kamar Usman at all on their radar uh I, in total. I get that. I'm no, honest. No, I get it's, that.
0: F- it's hard because he's so he's already been so good right. that you forget that he can improve. You forget yeah, that there really are is. levels and you talk about the the difference in his performances, but I, I don't think that this was obvious, but I did think that for me it was the number one.
1: Uh Charles Oliveira won the People's Award. Uh, Interesting. twenty two. Derek Brunson eighteen uh Vasa came in third, Bilal Muhammad Francis Nganu, which is an interesting one, wasn't very active last yeah, year. Brandon Moreno, Kai Kai France. Cyril Ghan, which is an interesting one as well. Uh, Robert Whitaker, who actually I think was my winner last year. He wasn't as active this past year. Glover Teixeira. Usman with just three.
0: <sighs> wow. Come yeah, on. Yeah, three votes um, for Usman. That Usher. said, my top four were. Usman Brunson to Ivasa Oliveira. So like everything around there, except I yeah. I gave a lot of credit and stock to what Usman had been able to do since 2020.
1: That's a great one. And actually, and I tried to do this for the most part, uh, transitions very nicely into our next category, and that is <laughs> coach of the year. I feel like this is going to be the easiest one of them all. Um, a lot of coaches had great years. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out to some of them here. Let me just pull it up real fast. One second, one second. I should have had this ready. Um, Fernand Lopez, James Kraus, Henry Hooft, Eric Nixick, Khabib Nurmagomedov had a very strong year alongside Javier Mendez, but I don't know if anyone had a year close to Trevor Whitman. Trevor Whitman is my 2021 Coach of the Year, back-to-back years for me. And the thing about Trevor Whitman is he's not one of these coaches who has a massive stable of fighters. You don't see him every weekend at a UFC event. You know, there are some guys who I feel like you see every weekend who have big stables. And that's no knock on them. I feel like I see James Krause a lot. I see Habib and Javier quite a bit. Uh, I see Eric Nixik a lot. I see Saif Saud, who had another great year as well. But Whitman has the quality. He doesn't have the quantity. He has the quality. And it all culminated with that fantastic night in New York with the Justin Gaethje win, with the Usman win, with the Rose win. What he's done for Usman, which goes into what you know, New York Rick was just saying, how he has uh, helped him improve and become an even greater fighter. Uh, what he's done with Gaethje, what he's done with Rose. I mean, he just has an incredible coaching style. I love listening to him in the corner. He's just a fantastic coach, and uh, he seems to make his fighters better. So in the end, my 2021 Coach of the Year winner is the one and only Trevor Whitman who wins it back-to-back for me. New York, Rick?
0: Nothing to add. You you listed the, the other names that, that tend to come up, but it was the year for Trevor Whitman, no doubt. Um, what was it? 6-0 and o on the year, 3 for Usman, 2 for Nama Yunus, 1 for Gechi. Undoubtedly the year for Trevor Whitman.
2: GC? Yeah, I mean it's just like there's like an aura around him with like like you said the the quality over quantity, and then when they do come out, the fighters perform at such a high level. Yeah, I mean there was there was really no question for this one. Massive year for him, um, and really
1: incredible when you think about the stakes in those three fights all happening in the span of three hours, and that they had to move the Gaethje fight because it was going to be back to back to back. Uh, they moved the Gaethje fight to the opener on the pay per view, and then Rose does what she did to Zhang. Close fight, but I thought she won. And then, of course, Usman with a big win over Colby Covington in the uh, rematch. Huge year for Trevor Whitman. A lot of great coaches in the sport. The sport has come a long way in that regard. But uh, in the end, you got to give the nod to Trevor Whitman. Speaking of New York, speaking of Madison Square Garden in November, we transition now to our event of the year. Event of the year is always a very fun one, of course. This one... Often dominated. Uh, oh, and by the way, uh, I want to mention that the uh, the the people gave Trevor. I mean, it goes without saying, but like almost unanimously um, gave him the uh, the nod. Trevor Whitman, Coach of the Year. Habib came in second. Javier Mendez, Fernando Lopez. Um, congratulations to Trevor. Event of the year is usually dominated by the UFC because they just have so many high level events. Um, this one came down to a couple for me. It really, I'll give a shout out to UFC 264, 267, 261. Um, it came down to 269 or 268 for me. And I always hate to, you know, have that recency bias. Uh, 269 was the last pay-per-view. It was a fantastic one. But in the end, I went with UFC 268 in November, Madison Square Garden. Not only for that main card, the main card was fantastic. Of course, it kicks off with the uh, the Justin Gaethje Uh, versus Michael Chandler fight. You had Marlon Vera and Frankie Edgar. Uh, The Shane Burgos fight was great, but then you also have the two um, title fights. But what I loved so much about that card was the way it was built. And you had these guys debuting... Right on the undercard, you had Ian Gary debuting and coming up big. You had Alex Pajera debuting and coming up big. You had the Chris Barnett moment with John Volante. You had the Chris Kurt, like you just had so many beautiful moments throughout that card from start to finish. New York is always special. I thought it was a very nicely constructed card. They used the moment, they used the stage, they used the arena to get over guys like Gary and Pajera. It was just perfectly put together. And so um shout out to 260 266 i mean it was it was a great year for ufc pay-per-views it really was 261 was a great one um 264 263 beltor had some good ones beltor 270 gets a nod as well but in the end i'm giving my event of the year award to ufc 268 that happened in november right here in new york city gc your pick
2: yeah, So I was actually torn between 268 and 261, uh, the one in Jacksonville when the crowd returned and everything, yeah. but eventually I decided to agree with you on this one. I actually went with 268 as well. Everything you just said, I think it was one of the best main cards we've seen in a long time. All the undercard action that happened too. I I mean, you, there's nothing more for me to add. I, I'm going with 268 for my event of the year as well.
1: Yeah, and 261 had some nice undercard stuff uh, as well, but it didn't have the names. It didn't have like the debuts. It didn't have the prospects. Um the main card was fun. All finishes. Also the Weidman injury was like a little bit of a downer too. It was like Yeah. Oh, but no, that was cool with the fans coming back and all that and had the Rose moment had the Camaro tough, but I went with 268. Yeah, you
2: know, right. The the fans coming back and then the the undercard is what sold me on 268 as well. Yep. Well, you just pour
0: water on my pick. It's USC Sorry.
2: 261.
0: Why? Uh, the Why? fans coming back yeah. in Jacksonville. Um it's, I I Completely agree. 268, top to bottom, being in New York City, first of all, it breaks my heart to not pick the New York card, being in New yeah. York City uh, stacked top to bottom. The last three fights, the Valentina finish of Andrade, the Rose KO of Zhang, and the Usman KO of Masvidal, I think put that event and those moments in a different stratosphere. Um, combine that with the fact that it was the first event where the fans came back. Um, to me, the the sentimental favorite there. Uh, for me, 268 was up there. My, my third... 257, to me, I thought um, was number two because of the anticipation. Just the, the anticipation of the return of Conor McGregor, I think, yeah. um, makes everything feel like a special event, a special card. So um, I had that high. But 268, 267, 269, that whole run, I mean— They had a great year. Elite.
1: Like yeah. the only real dud of a pay-per-view was the August one in Houston.
0: Yeah, and look, I mean, there was the coronation of Cyril gone too. Like even that, you know, th- there was a Well, imagine if there. Juliana
1: Pena fights Amanda Nunes on that card,
0: as was yeah, originally the case. who knows how that goes. Butterfly effect, this, that, the other. Yeah. You know, yeah, I I agree with you. That was the lowest uh, of the low of, of the uh, pay-per-views this year, but gr- strong solid year for them. Also worth um, shouting out Bellator 263, I think. Um, headlined by McKee and Pitbull. That mm-hmm. just, you know, the card delivered. It was fine, um, but that Fight is the best fight they could have made, and it ended up with such a memorable result. Um, so I, I thought that card uh, felt significant
1: overall. Uh, I think a very good year of cards. Um, yes, you know, we, we can't, we, I, I at least complain about the the apex cards. And I saw Dana White do an interview with the um Las Vegas Review Journal recently, uh, saying that you know, like doing the events at the apex is like doing Zoom, you know, meetings in your underwear. And I agree, it's comfortable, especially for the UFC, and they make a ton of money. And yet they're still at the apex, and I think it's hurting, at least from a, a viewership standpoint. It's hurting the product, but then you, the, the byproduct of that, and on the flip side, you have a situation where it's like, all right, all the apex events feel the same; they don't feel special. But then when they get to the pay per views, those feel now extra special because of the crowd, because of sure. the you know the environment. Um, but overall, they put together a very solid list of pay-per-views, and it seemed to have paid off because, according to Dana White, uh, their most profitable year ever. I think a lot of people were very critical of the move to go exclusively on ESPN Plus. It seems to have worked out incredibly well for not only the UFC but also ESPN. No one's missing out on the pay-per-views. Everyone knows how to order them. It's a pretty easy system to, at least here in the United States, to uh, you know to figure out. So. Yeah, just a huge year, and you know, starts off with a big one, January twenty second as well. Uh, Francis Ngannou defending his title. Brandon Moreno is, is what you're trying well. to say
0: that the the crowds, the fans, the crowds make the make the the show happen. Is that is that where you're one at?
1: thousand percent? Are you why are, are you trying to say that I didn't say that in the past?
0: No, I'm trying to say I'm trying to give you a little little yeah, segue. A little, yeah, no.
1: Oh yes. Oh, because we have crowd coming up next. Yes, the crowds help, but also the venue helps. You know yeah. what I mean the walkouts the, the atmosphere yes. is
0: just completely different and it comes across on TV and it, yes. it you, there's something there I will admit there's something nice um about the Apex shows about the, no, the lack I'm of noise them. if oh, I never stop. see an Apex oh, if I
1: never see an Apex show again I will be thrilled No don't get
0: me wrong I listen Enough senti- already. Contender series. I picked 261 the return of the fans is my pick I get it I'm with you There's some things that you can hear experience that are that are in the Apex that you won't in in the rest of it and and I appreciate those as a viewer. Um, when the fans are not, you know, going crazy, there's a time and place for both in my opinion. I think both could be uh, have their pros and cons. I would lean toward fans coming back.
2: Crowds are are essential. You but know, I don't I I'm don't with hate there the Apex. I I think fans as as often as you can have them.
1: As often as you can have them, especially when you were so vocal about coming back, the fact that they're sticking I mean like you have to ask those questions. Why are you still at the apex? There's enough places in America where, I mean, I watch the NBA every night. I'm seeing arenas all over the place where you can do things. You know what I mean? I I think we have to dig a little deeper there and acknowledge the fact that it is incredibly, you know, profitable. It's incredibly comfortable. They've got the hotels there. They got, and the fighters for the most part love it. The broadcasters love it. It's all, it's like a little mini, mini island, pardon the pun, but it really is. Like they've got their own little world there, their own little like UFCville. But I, th- as a viewer, it just, it makes it feel very McDonald's-like. And then you add the uniforms, all that. Alas, I digress. The point is, let's celebrate great, great crowds, great, great moments, great, great events, UFC 268 wins, and, and the people uh, agreed with us, 268, or at least some of us, 268 gets the nod, 261, second place, 269, 267, et cetera, et cetera. Now, as New York Rick was uh, mentioning, let's uh, move along now to another fun one, crowd of the year interesting one it was really tough to do crowd of the year last year because we only had like two three months to choose from of course the pandemic we started off the year very slowly but you know uh slowly but surely the crowds came back and we certainly hope that they're going to stay uh because it's getting pretty depressing out there but for now uh the crowds are at least showing up to the majority of the big events and this one to me surprisingly was one that i think isn't being talked about enough when i'm seeing other people talk about you know big events big moments big crowds not a lot of people do crowd of the year i will acknowledge that but was actually a very easy one for me this is one of those categories where i was like oh of course it has to be this one i'll give a shout out to 261 i think 261 is obviously one that a lot of people were excited about that you know really stood out that was really special um, 268 was great. The New York crowds are always great. 267 uh, was great as well. 269 was a pretty hot crowd. 264, 265, etc. But in the end, my no-brainer, my absolute no-brainer, had to be the Bellator Dublin event uh, just a couple of months ago. That crowd was absolutely insane. Bellator 270. It was uh, as good of a crowd as I've ever seen. It honestly rivaled what I saw. I wasn't there, but it rivaled what I saw. When Conor fight Diego Brandel, the Peter Queeley walkout was incredible. The James Gallagher walkout was incredible. The singing, the dancing, the zombie, the uh, Cranberries. Like I was watching that. I was like, I wish I could be there. I wish I could experience that. They are so passionate. Um... I love I love the chanting. I love just how they get behind their guys. That Bellator Dublin crowd was one of the best that I've seen in quite some time and was so refreshing and it felt like it was a bunch of people who were cooped up for a year plus and just were ready to explode and cheer on their own. Unfortunately, the two top Irish fighters lost at the top of the card Gallagher and Queeley but there were some great young uh, fighters that had great performances leading up to the the top two and uh it was just an amazing scene and honestly it was shot beautifully like the whole thing it was uh it was really really nice so my pick crowd of the year Bellator Dublin just a couple of months ago an absolute scene if you will uh and one of the best crowds that I've seen in quite some time
0: New York Rick Hard to argue. It was it was a tough debate for me between that one and UFC 261, uh, but I ultimately went with UFC 261. Come on, how could you compare? What do you mean? How could I compare? It was the first crowd back, um,
1: singing, dancing, chanting.
0: Yeah, believe, I, I. Trust me when I tell you that I'm sh- I'm sure those things were happening at UFC. It's 261. because Jake Paul was in attendance. You give that one the nod, right? Listen, that says <laughs> something, right? right? Right, right. If Jake Paul was Jake Paul at Bellator Dublin, no, he wasn't. No, he was not. I think McGregor was though. Um, was he? Maybe. Um, I actually don't think he was. I don't think oh, so. Well, but but either way, uh, yeah, I, th- I think the significance of it being the first um, crowd uh, back and, came down and, to those two, honestly. But yeah, it's it's those two. It's it's you can't go wrong between those two. Uh, for me, it was two sixty one. But you ca- you can't argue against Bellator Dublin. It was it was those two. I don't I didn't even have anything else on my list. It's it's between those two.
2: G C Yeah it was the same as, as Eric here. I had those wow. two on my list. That was it. But I actually went with Bellator Dublin and said Bellator to seventy. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you here. I think that makes it three straight picks that I'm agreeing with you, yes, unfortunately. I love but uh, it. I don't yeah, like man, it. Anytime anytime the entire country gets behind an Irishman like that and they're all singing uh zombie by the cranberries together. Oh my god. Pretty pretty hard to go against that one. I was with TST. He was singing along with it too. I mean oh my it was uh, yeah. That, that's a hard crowd to top.
1: And and honestly, like let's give a shout out to not only the Irish people, but uh, very rare. I don't think Bellator has ever won a crowd of the year. Um, I could be wrong. It's been nine years, but uh, usually, you know, not the best crowd. Certainly not compared to the UFC. But the, go back if you didn't watch it. I think it was a Friday afternoon. It might have flown under the radar. Uh, it was also was it the night before the MSG card? It was in early yeah, November. Night before yeah, 268. yeah. So it was early November. May have flown under the radar but uh wow what a scene that was and uh i i just love those i love i love the irish fans i love the english fans like those european crowds are just amazing kind of like what you see at the uh, the football matches as well so shout out to them the people chose 261 by the way um I continue
0: so, to be the man of the Yeah, yeah.
1: number 1 I'm 261 Belter 270 gets the nod tied with 268 um as numbers uh, hmm. 2 and 3 267 269 264 uh, and one vote for uh, the fight night headlined by Derek Lewis and uh, Chris Dawkins for whatever reason. Wasn't that? That was the one in December, December. Wasn't 18. that at the Apex? Yeah, well. yeah. But there was like, wasn't there like a hundred <laughs> people there or something?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. He threw the. I admit, that might have been someone just messing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, but like for the crowd most part of the year. Yeah. It. it uh, I, I, the people were were pretty yeah. serious about this. There were no weird ones. Those um, were the two. Yeah. There,
0: there's nothing else.
1: 261, and Bellator 270. Now, speaking of great crowds, uh, when you have a great crowd, you're going to have some great walkouts as well. Last year, my uh, winner for walkout of the year was one that I was pretty proud of. It was the Darren Till walking out to no music. um, Part of the uh, Robert Whitaker fight. I love the the symbolism and the significance of that. But, of course, we had a lot more to choose from uh, this year. And uh, this one was another one where I had it down very easily. Now, I um, I heard from a couple people when we came out with the, um, you know, the categories and that the award show was going to be on January 3rd. When you tell people that this show is going to happen, everyone was like, oh, of course, we know your walkout of the year winner. I mean, it's never happened before that we influenced an actual walkout, right? I mean, we could put the hat on right here now. We all remember what happened. Virna Janjiroba. you know, you had uh, her immortalized on the wall. She walks out to Island Boys, who, by the way, I saw at the Jake Paul fight uh, against Tyron Woodley back at uh, Tampa, in Tampa, December. And it was just a great moment. Like, we literally infiltrated the system. We literally infiltrated the moment. Verna stepped up. Uh, we had Andre Petrovsky who tried to uh, jump in there and get at the last minute, get immortalized with Sean Brady. But we put out the offer on a Monday. If anyone walks out to Island Boys, and I know people roll their eyes at Island Boys now, but you know, it's, it's you got to remember the moment back then. It was a pretty hip thing for that one, two week period. And Virna and her manager, Tiago uh Acumora said, Tag us in, we want to walk out. And not only do they walk out, they freaking walked out to the remix. They were dancing, they were singing, the broadcast no sold it, but everyone knew and loved what the moment was. And so when I came out with this, everyone was like, Of course, Virna's winning. Guess what? She didn't win my walkout of the year. How about that? And I know this may surprise all of you, but again, this isn't about me. It's about the moments, it's about the fighters. It's about what spoke to us, and as great as that was, and as much as I want to give her the award because of our connection to it, in the end, it was just another walkout. And I do think that the broadcast helps in making the walkout special. I do think. And so if it's just your run-of-the-mill walkout, it doesn't feel as big in the, in the past, what have we done? We, you know, we gave it to, to Izzy and to Mayhem Miller and stuff like that. And so when the broadcast elevates the walkout, the walkout is even more special. And so that is why this was actually, believe it or not, a pretty easy one for me. My winner for 2021 walkout of the year is Peter Queeley walking out in Dublin. What an incredible moment it was. Massive shout out to Sean Grandy for the way he set it up, talking about the history of that song. Zombie by the Cranberries, which I didn't know about, the timing when he stops speaking and then Quigley walks out and the, the song starts, the lyrics start, and then the crowd singing, you can't beat that. And so of course I have love for Verna, and of course she'll always be immortalized. But that gives me chills. And I gotta be honest, every two, three days, I go back to the clip and I watch it. And I told Sean Grandy this morning that Quigley wins the award for me and it's in large part... By the way in which he set it up and also shout out to the Showtime cameras who shot it beautifully with the people. I mean, it was just fantastic. One of my favorite walkouts of all time. Wasn't a lot of glitz, wasn't a lot of glamour, wasn't a lot of gimmicks. It had emotion. It had it had goosebumps. It had history. It had passion. I loved everything about it. Peter Queely, Beltor 270, Walkout of the Year. G C. Hard to disagree with that
2: one, uh, everything you just said. I can't believe that you didn't go with Virna Janjeroba. Uh, How about that? You, you really sold that as just another walkout, even though it was literally an I ode know. to Ariel Helwan.
1: I know, but I, listen, it's not just all about me. No, just another didn't walkout. No, I did say just another I, walkout, I, I was, but it, uh, you know, they just no sold, another sold it. another walkout.
2: The broadcast no sold it. That's not Virna's fault, though. I mean, I, I that's true, but come on. I think someone online set the line at minus 10,000. I know. Take yeah, I think on. that was Alex Weber, by the way. I think you just did this just to spite no, absolutely, not. absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, for me, this was actually one of my easiest picks as well, but I didn't go with Peter Quilley. I went with UFC 266, Brian Ortega walking mm. out against Alex Volkanovski, pulling the masks out. You had the whole the yeah. purge scene, everything. You shut it down, and and like you said, the broadcast kind of lends a hand to to make it a bigger scene. The way they were moving the cameras around, all the lights changing, everything going on. It, you know, it's just kind of a freaky thing to do. Unfortunately, didn't get the win, but. Uh, yeah, I thought I, I'll take this one as my walkout of the year.
1: Interesting. Okay, that one, did, you know, I, it came up a lot, uh, and I'll also let you know that the people chose it. It was their yeah. number one pick. UFC 266 didn't really speak to me all that much. What? It was didn't just, speak to you really. What was it? It was like it okay. was creative.
2: Like it was yeah. it was cool. It's better he, than
0: just walking out to music. He maximized what you can do in that format yes. with that walkout. Didn't speak uh, to me. I mean, I, I, don't I imagine what, you've never, seen the, say, you no. never seen, no. seen the Purge. The Purge you've never never seen, movie, seen the Purge I so, don't
1: even know what the Purge is. Yeah,
0: okay. So wow. there, there that goes. What, what that is makes that? a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> Didn't speak to me. What not surprised by. Not surprised by these picks. These were two of the best of the year. Uh, my pick, and I tried to be a little bit sentimental and thoughtful with these. So um, I, I understand it'll be different. Imagine most people won't have it. Um, and I also, this year, last year I picked something that I'm not sure everybody saw because the UFC broadcast on ESPN Plus doesn't air a lot of walkouts. So I tried to stick to pay-per-views yeah, or Bellator yeah, yeah. or something that was seen um, because it's not really fair if you're, if you're picking from these and people haven't seen them. I picked Israel Adesanya's walkout at UFC 263. Interesting. I picked it because Israel, after the fight, talked about the bucket hat being inspired because he was playing the video game Ghost of Tsushima. Not something I'm familiar with, but the also because about? it was a tribute to his uh, fallen friend, right. Fauvake. Yeah. And that, you know, walking out with that emotion. Yeah. Um, also, the nostalgia of Somewhere I Belong by Linkin Park um, playing. I think that one hit me in the, the feels the most. Nostalgia for For you? What's that? For you? Oh, yeah. That song means a well, lot? Not the song in particular, just kind of that era, that vibe, yeah. that lincoln park in in those years uh-huh. um so yeah that one that one felt the most thoughtful sentimental to me um and was my pick it was hard for me to pass up my second one which was cyril gone walking out to still tipping in houston yeah that was good um that was because good. he either actively purposefully trolled or accidentally trolled and i'll take either of those like that's fine either way um and the then the crowd not who is not familiar with the red corner blue corner not really knowing that that was Cyril yeah, that was and good, not um, Derek Lewis absolutely incredible and then Peter Quilly's on there shout out to um the walkout for Conor McGregor at 264 57 didn't feel yeah. that way
1: there's like 2000 people
0: there but yeah 60 yeah but also he was kind of low energy he yeah. was just very serious 264 was the return like that felt like Conor McGregor we saw the, the, the Billy Strut in the cage that entire walkout from start to finish um, felt special that one really felt special
1: so the people went with Brian Ortega UFC 266 yeah. something called The Purge uh, number two Tai Tuivasa Barbie Girl hard to argue with that yeah fun uh, Tuivasa had a great year uh, Peter Queeley, Israel Adesanya uh, Virna Janjiroba what about Chris Barnett at MSG Remember with the dancing and the security guard and all that?
0: Yeah, there's there's a few <laughs> of these people that you could pick every year, like yeah. a Chris Barnett, a Tai Tuivasa, or every time they walk out, practically. Tai Ivasa, every single time he walks out, could win this award. Um, it's another a, it's a one, one. one. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work.
1: if Patty Pimblet would have walked out in his debut in England with that song, nah, yeah. nah, 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 he yeah. probably would have gotten a lot of love. Unfortunately, he walks out to the empty Apex. It's a still, you know, it's still a cool moment. It's a cool song, but it doesn't have the same type of impact. I mean, it's almost impossible to win it when you're fighting at the
2: apex. Yeah, there's something about walking through like the giant crowd, and there's yeah. just a narrow the, alley that you get to go through. The crowd reacting to your walkout is half the walkout. Right. Like you know,
0: it's it's otherwise it's just song choice and you're and you're walking. Um, there's an energy that the, that the fighters get that the fighters give back, that the fans get, that the fans give back that I think is very crucial to this. I mean, there's you know, you're picking Peter Quieley if Peter Quiley walked out to that song in an empty arena,
1: no what something. is it?
0: What is it? It's nothing. you know, it, it is half made by that. So, just
1: to piss everyone off, I was gonna go with uh, Jake Paul in Cleveland. <laughs> With the modem sound I mean, we're and all that. Are doing boxers I now? Is, no, is but I mean, it's just pissing everyone off. He's funny. He's funny. Of course I wasn't <laughs> going to go in that direction. Uh, I love that Queeley one. And I it's highly great. suggest if you haven't seen it, go find it. And it's great not only because of Queeley and the fans. It's great because of the the, the announcer, Sean Grandy who does a fantastic job and is very underrated, in my opinion, voice of the Celtics on the radio, but also the uh, the camera. They used that 4K camera. It was just beautiful stuff. All right, uh, let's go. You know, I love these. These these are, you know, someone was making fun of me. They are like, oh, you criticize the UFC posters. Yes, I love posters. I love walkouts. I love promos. I love, like, I love these things that make the fight game so special. And so without further ado, let's go now to promo of the year. Now, promo of the year is one that you can go in multiple different directions. Is it like... Is it a promo video? Is it a promo that you're, you know, cutting? Is it uh, some promotional asset? Whatever it is. Um, There was actually three that I was considering here. Um, I was considering the Michael Chandler promo that he cut after his UFC debut where, you know, also you got to consider the ones that get a lot of love, the ones that get a lot of attention. That one got a lot of attention because he uh, was pretty much emulating Ric Flair and pretty much took that from DC and I, when we were talking about him being like the Ric Flair of the UFC coming from Bellator, that got a lot of love, a lot of time and a lot of energy was spent on Britain hearts. Um, you know, I'm a feeling promo, but didn't ultimately give it to her because it was a BKFC card. And, you know, it's an MMA show. Although I might go against that line of thinking in a moment. Um, it was a tremendous promo and uh, one that I replayed over and over again in the end. After much debate, much consternation, I went back to a promo that happened on May 6th. I thought it was one of the best post-fight promos that I've ever seen. It was from someone who has really come into their own, who wasn't known early, early on as a great promo artist, but had a fantastic year in the cage and on the microphone as well. I do believe we have the clip. Here's my winner for 2021 promo of the year.
0: And this isn't a tournament, it's a coronation, and I'm the queen, okay? Uh, I'm not one to talk a lot of crap. Uh, it's not really part of who I am, but it seems like everybody from boxers to YouTube idiots
2: thinks that they can get in there, and that's just not the case. So luckily for the rest of the world, I believe in equal opportunity. So if anyone thinks they can step to me, they can come get in the cage.
1: But from now on, I'm the baddest woman in this room and in any room. I don't think anything else that needs was to be said. freaking amazing. This isn't a tournament. It's a coronation. And I'm the queen. Kayla Harrison, May 6th, with a fantastic promo. And what I loved about it was a shot at Jake Paul, a shot at Clarissa Shields, who was getting all the buzz and all the limelight leading up to that point on that broadcast. It was freaking amazing. I love the passion. I love that there was realness dripping off of it. I love that it was somewhat of a shoot as well. Uh, I, I love the fact that you know you had to really read between the lines freaking Kayla Harrison. She had another one a couple months later about you know Israel Adesanya and all that stuff. That was an incredible promo. Kayla Harrison 2021 promo of the year, May 6th, that one right there. New York Rick?
0: Yeah, uh, a a fantastic choice. Also, shout out to you for for digging back up and making me re- remember I'm not a person, I'm a feeling because I forgot didn't remember it. that. Oh my god, great one. That was that was an elite promo. Um Really, really well done by you on on picking these. But I think I picked the one that is the no brainer of all no brainer. I would dare say it might be one of the best promos of the decade, if not ever. Wow. Now I'm starting to feel like I forgot one. And it was the promo that Max Holloway delivered in the cage against Calvin Cater when he looked ringside Hmm. or cage side, rather, Mm -hmm. and declared himself the best boxer in the UFC while dodging punches and then boxing up Calvin Cater Mm -hmm. over the course of five rounds. There will never be a moment like that ever again. There will never be a promo like that ever again. Max Holloway is the GOAT. Uh, That was incredible, and that is the answer. Delivered the promo mid-fight and sparked a debate that carried on through the entire year um, on Twitter or elsewhere and declared himself the best boxer, and we've yet to see whether... Uh, anybody wants to take that title from him yeah you set
1: that up really strongly I don't feel bad Um, I think the Kayla one is a thousand times better a great moment
0: absolutely not
1: a great moment but I don't know if it's the best promo of the year GC
2: He's giving you props on thinking outside the box, and then he thinks even further outside the box. <laughs> I, <a> <laughs> I, I never would have thought of that one. The Kayla Harrison, the best part is her taking off the headphones. Yes. I mean, that's just walking off. Chef's kiss right there. Yeah, mine's, I, I actually think I, I would say mine is not as good as y'all's now. And I, I didn't choose a singular promo of the year. I chose the world tour that Juliana Pena went on before her fight against Amanda Nunez. She mm. comes on this show. She says, Amanda Nunez is overweight. She's not actually sick with COVID. I'm going to kill her <laughs> yes. when we get in the ring. I mean, she's, I mean, she had been doing it since March. She was, she's been calling for this fight forever. I said before the fight, all the way up to the to the media before the fight, I mean, I said, she's either going to look really cool, really smart, this is going to be crazy if she pulls this off, or she's just going to turn into a meme of all these things that she said over the last, you know, six to eight months. Um, and she won. So she actually looks really smart and, you know, she proved everybody wrong with everything that she said. Honestly, I don't hate it. I don't hate it.
1: It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a prolonged one. It's a sustained one. But the fact that she did it with such conviction and uh, was so sure of herself, and then it actually
2: came to fruition. Hard right, to like you, you listened to her talk. There was no other option right. than her winning the fight, which you, which you do hear people say that when they go up against you know, people like Nunez, people like Shevchenko, and typically it doesn't work out, but when you see it work out, it's, it's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. I, I like it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Uh, I love the Kayla Harrison one. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, yeah. the people... Now, the people, you know, I didn't dig too deep... The winner was UFC 264. Oh, like the 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 promo, like the commercial for it, the promo. I for guess it. the second one was 257. I don't remember specifically, what that one was. Michael Chandler at 257 gets yeah. a nod. Juliana Pena comes in at number four. Uh, 261. Patty Pimblet gets a nod. You know, for his post fight. post fight was yeah. was up there. You knows who's the boy is or whatever. Juliana Pena yeah.
0: gets. And also calling out Instagram Instagram your lizards after the fight, too. That's I right. Mean, the yeah. whole
1: thing. Uh, Kayla gets a nod. Uh, Hamzat gets a nod. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch here. Ian Gary with his uh, nod to uh, Conor McGregor after his win at Madison Square Garden. And you kind of look down here, and uh, I, I don't know what this one is. Maybe you guys could tell me. There's a Hilwani ten seven there. I don't okay. know. Okay.
0: You know, I don't know what kind of stole all about. my thunder I here mean, because great I promo, mean, never seen it. GC, <laughs> GC, can, GC can verify. Honorable uh, mention here: Ariel Hawani yes. fired up the grill at Chang's yep. and delivered a feast for the homeless cats. I fired mean, that the, is wow, Chang's. wow, that is an honorable mention. Um, another I, one. To, I don't know what that's that, all about. That, that I'm not sure um, was mentioned there. I, I don't believe it was, but um, regardless of how you felt about the outcome. Uh, Julian Marquez, Miley Cyrus on mm. Valentine's Day. Yeah, but he freaking fumbled the bag. Oh, no, no. no well, we're not talking about the result. Golly. We're not talking about the result. The promo oh itself, it worked. That could have been um, an all-timer. That could have been one of the greatest moments
1: in the history of UFC promos.
0: It, it, and it, ended it to up me, being, is up there. Mm. Uh, result aside. Result aside. Uh, but come on. Max Holloway. Best boxer in the UFC.
1: Chris Barnett. Nice promo afterwards. A feel-good yep. promo with uh, John Volante. John Volante, yeah. Uh, Dominic Cruz. Asking everyone to come together. Uh, Rafael Faziev calling out Hasbullah and then sort of calling out Vince Vaughn. Oh, that's but right for getting
2: yeah. him. Um, Someone made like an official promo UFC. between Fazilev yeah, yeah. and Hasbullah. It ended with like Hezbollah laughing. It. I actually thought about that one. Uh,
1: the tabulations are a little late, so no mention. Actually, no. That, that this would be for twenty two. No, no mention of. Uh, Kiwani V. Dennis on Twitter. Maybe that's for Wrong next year. Or, yeah, wrong, wrong year, year. So, Maybe so, I'm so. Okay, so that's promo. Always a fun one, one that I love very much. Another one that I love that's always a tough one that is usually won by one of the under-the-radar, you know, promotions, if you will, and that's Poster of the Year. Again, a big part of the fight game. I love the posters. When I worked at HBO Sports as an intern back in 2003, uh, on my last day, they let me walk into uh, basically, like, the utility closet and said take all the posters that you want. And so for my senior year at college, my room was littered, my apartment was littered with Sugar Shane Mosley posters and uh Roy Jones Jr posters. Who else did I have there? Um I don't think I had Floyd. Anyway, a bunch of uh, uh sh- did I say Sugar Shane? Yeah. Anyway, uh, a bunch of old um uh, Arturo Gatti, a bunch of old boxing. I love posters and I feel like it's an art If I'm being 100% honest that the UFC doesn't care enough about, they're very cookie cutter. Uh, You see them take like, you know, the photos, they Photoshop it. They don't put any thought into them. Back in the day, they were pretty cool. But over time now, they're like all branded the same and they all kind of look the same and they go back to the same old hits. So it's very rare for me to give the nod um, in this particular category to a UFC poster and to a Bellator poster, if I'm being honest. And uh, this year, no different. Um, There were a couple of great ones. Dare I give my nominees first, or should I just go to the winner? Um, Let me just give my winner out, and then I'll give you my honorable mentions. Uh, Historically, the Japanese promotions, in my opinion, do the best job. They're outside the box. They're artistic. They're creative. This was a tough one. It came down to multiple Ryzen posters. In the end, I went with this one from Ryzen, Ryzen 28. What I loved so much about it was the nod. To, and we could get rid of the uh, the lower third here, just so we can see the full thing in in all its glory. Th- yes, thank you very much, you. Um, I love I love propping up the Tokyo Dome. I love paying homage to that arena. Uh, I kind of love the fact that it's on some kind of planet, Mars, whatever it is. Um, it's 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 simple. It's beautiful. It's nice to look at. It would look awesome on your wall. It's memorable. They always kill it, dating back to, you know, Pride and Dream as well. That's my winner for poster of the year, Ryzen 28, an absolute beautiful poster. Uh, I will also give a nod to Ryzen 33. That's a cool one, different with the fighters, but again, artistic, fun, different. Ryzen 29, another cool one. I'm sorry for those who are just listening to this. But this one is, you know, I love the little pictures coming down the middle there, almost like the spine. You've got the desert over there. It it sticks out. It pops. It's colorful. It's beautiful. It's very artistic. It's creative. I love that they think outside the box. Shout out to KSW60. This one, I love the colors. KSW, there it is. Uh, I love the pastels or whatever the hell that is. The, the yellows, the blues, the pinkish hues, if you will. Um, a little different. Shout out to them, KSW60. Deep 104 actually was my wife's pick. She's, uh, no, sorry. Deep 104 wasn't, but this was a cool one. Um, different, again, artistic, sticks out, memorable. Deep always does a great job with these. A little busy, but I still liked it very much. Jules 35 was my uh, wife's pick, the pink. Again, memorable, pops, creative. Uh, And so those are some of the ones that I love. In the end, though, I went with Ryzen 28. Um, I just loved how clean it was, how different it was, how memorable it was. I mean, just look at that. That is cool stuff. Wow, Tokyo Dome. It's magical. It's mystical. It's mythical.
2: I love everything about it. Uh, GC, your pick. Yeah, the Ryzen 28, that one I almost went with as well. Um, I will say, as an honorable mention, before I give my actual pick, one UFC one that I did like a lot that I almost went was the Font versus Aldo one. I felt like this one was like a little bit of a of a different feel for a UFC one. If we can, if we can pull it up on the screen here, yeah, I remember that one with the um... it had like the blues and the greens yeah. on it. and It was like it, it was a little. They used the uh, Font only being four letters and Aldo only being four yes. letters. Like,
1: I'll tell you what I didn't like about that one uh, was the fact that. The writing felt like all kind of mishka-bibbled, right? It
2: was all like weird. Uh, see, that's what I kind of liked about it. I, you like I, that? I don't know. For for a UFC poster, I know that you said they're kind of cut and dry. I felt like this one was a little bit different. This one definitely stuck out to me. <laughs> okay, fair um, enough. Uh, what I ended up going with though was one Winter Warriors. Uh, wow. This was, yeah, one championship. I really got deep with this one. But the nice. the whole like Game of Thrones feel, the fire versus ice kind of. The, you know, they gave the the main card the the dark or the uh, the Night King. I haven't watched Game of Thrones in a while. So I went with the uh, one with the Warriors. It. Yeah, of course you haven't. Uh, one other honorable mention that I had was Bellator 272. I don't think this was the official poster. This was like an artist one. Yeah, yeah. No, no, this was it. This, okay, so yeah. this was an official one. Yeah, it's a little bit incorrect having him you that's, know, going w- the York. That's why I
1: didn't give it the, the nod. They're, they right? weren't in New York.
2: They were in Uncasville, <laughs> yes. Connecticut, you know, the second greatest city in America, but uh, yeah. Still an awesome looking poster. I mean it does kind of have that rise and feel the way that it's edited and, and everything like that. So did want to give a shout out to that it one. It is Those absolutely
1: were... awesome, but it bothered me that he's staring that Kyoji Horiguchi is
2: staring. I, yeah, I just like to think the that Statue it's America. It's right. just America. It's a symbol for America. He's coming that's to America to type of thing. I and mean, I think if you look closely enough you can see the Mohegan sun just yeah, behind Yeah, Really? Just... I don't know about that.
1: It felt very <laughs> deceiving. Like that's a great poster if they're Fighting in New York yeah, City. That
2: That's
0: choice. very kind. <laughs> I even, think even, you can see it.
1: Yeah, even Long Island. Stuff. I mean, but it felt no. like a bit of a stretch. A no, nice no, poster, no doubt about great it. If, if you forget about the actual, you know, ins, you know, the 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 inaccuracy of uh, the location. Well, listen, um, I
0: mean, I, yours is on Mars or wherever else. Like, yeah, yeah we fudge it a little bit. All right, fine, fine. Yours? near are correct? Uh, mine was the UFC 268 Artist Series. So UFC partners with artists. So is that fair? You know, I thought... I why thought, not? Yeah. Why not? It's not official.
2: Now they sell it. It's official. Right. It's, it's an official they UFC Artist Series rather than
1: just like an Instagram uh, artist. By Twitter the way, these sh- kill the the, the the actual ones every yeah, single I time. Mean, we're not going to...
0: I don't want to bury I mean, everybody yeah, here, but just let's do a shout out to, to Gian uh, Galang. No, what who, I'm saying is, is the, the fan one always kills the official UFC one. No comment.
1: Why no comment? I don't wanna I don't wanna Why, friends over hard there? hard
0: poster makers. Who hard poster the world? maker?
1: They got a twelve year old who takes this person's face <laughs> and that person's face. Come on. Are you serious? I mean, let's not bring up the worst one of all time, Conor McGregor, Donald Cerrone. I actually got to talking to about that one. I forgot
0: forgot what that one looked like, but I remember it being particularly not great.
1: Maybe the worst poster in the history of
0: posters, especially considering
1: how big the fight was.
0: By the way, I didn't pick any official UFC posters this year, but I did think the Stipe Ngannou and the, um, the Connor and Dustin, both versions, 257 and 264, were decent, I think. For for a lot of these, the key is like understated. Like don't do a ton there. Um, But for me, it was the UFC 268 Artist Series. Gian Galang really um, just absolutely killed it. I mean, look at this thing. It's it's beautiful. And then second, I think you were right with Ryzen, but you you picked the wrong one. The wrong one. Which one? Ryzen 30. Ryzen 30. Ryzen 30 wasn't even in there for me. Oh, this one, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Why is that the one? The, the, the small ship facing the, the, the crushing waters, the waters just yeah. making their way through. I mean, hearkening back to the, to the Pride days. Just a beautiful, just a beautiful piece of art right there. It is. Um, this category, the Ryzen,
1: this, by the way, this category, like if yeah, I, I should pretty much make, call it like the Kaposa category because without him, I don't know if I find any of these. So again, shout out to him.
0: Yeah, shout, I mean, always shout out to Kaposa, but Ryzen and, and the Japanese promotions in general, that's just they're at a different level when it comes to these posters. I think there's there's certainly a formula when it comes to um, the North American promotions and, the, and their posters, and I think the the Japanese promotions or even the European pro- promotions are willing to step outside that a little bit, um, and that's where you get these yeah. kind of things. I mean, you look at Pride, like oh, the, the that's that's the gold standard. You know, one of my it,
1: favorite Pride posters from back in the day was the breastfeeding one. You remember that one? Yeah, the
0: Incredible. butterfly on the on the glove. Yes, the, you know, uh, there's all kinds of elite next level ones I get look sometimes the simplicity of fighter versus fighter name versus name is what you need to sell 100% you you need to tell them the story there Um, but I think thinking outside the box every once in a while pays dividends and this one um, for me was was and by the
1: way there is something to be said for the fact that maybe you know the 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 rise in events are tournaments they don't have a ton of big names so they have to do other things to draw you in I get that My issue with the UFC ones is they all look the same. It's very clear that, you know, I get it. Okay, they can't do a photo shoot. They can't do this. But it's always this guy, that guy. It always has that box there. I remember when they came out with this whole branding thing. Oh, we're going to do this with the branding. It's all going to look the same. The uniforms, all that. I don't want the same. I want, like, that one that you just showed, the artist series one, like, it looks so different. It's like, oh, wow. Sure. You know what I mean? I don't want... I don't want two posters to look anything alike. I want them to look completely different. And unfortunately, they all look very similar. Uh, 264 got the nod from the people. Really? Uh, 257, 267, two sixty 260, six. 264 68.
0: was the black background Connor and Dustin, is that? Yeah. yeah. They're I mean, all UFC ones, simple. the leading all
1: ones. All UFC. Simple. Even wow. Fight Night Holloway Rodriguez. Um, the Holloway fir- Rodriguez was all right. Ryzen gets a nod, Ryzen 30. Rising thirty, baby, yeah.
2: <laughs> man of the people. Man Mr of the people. Monday afternoon. KSW Talk to me, 65. people. Yeah, I got a nod, like ten down, two sixty-four-one. <laughs> um, Going into so. twenty twenty-two, uh, Giga Cater has a. It's a pretty creative poster, actually. Is I it? thought, you know, as as on a whole, and
0: I know we're being critical at the moment, and and I agree with everything you're saying. I will say, as as a whole, the collection of them wasn't too bad from the UFC this year. Like, I think there was enough variation. I, I remember. Um, Ige and Korean Zombie had like the kind of like dripping blood font for for Zombie. Like I like I liked what they did this year. I agree with you though. We need to go step a little bit further outside if if we want to make the splash. But I get it. I get it.
1: All right. So uh, that's poster of the year. Uh, we move along now to one of our newer categories. I think we've only done it a couple of years. Photo of the year. I think that this is one that is often um, overlooked. And again, the most robust. The most thorough award show. I mean, what other award show? On the planet. Okay, on the planet. I'm not just talking MMA. I mean, but on the planet where you have these kinds of categories where we give love to all the people involved in the, uh, you know, in the fight game. Um, And in the end, you know, this is, listen, this is me proving that there is no bias. This is me proving that I appreciated the moment, that I appreciated uh, the finish, that I appreciated the stakes, that I appreciated uh, everything involved, I give it to ESPN Images' Phil Ellsworth, who captured this fantastic moment where uh, Kamaru Usman knocked out Jorge Masvidal uh, back in April in Jacksonville to defeat Jorge Masvidal in the rematch. Do we have the photo here? There it is. the The sweat orbit... Uh, It captures the moment. It was incredible. Uh, There's actually a nice moment. I think the next time Usman fought, they uh, filmed Ellsworth and Usman together. Uh, Ellsworth, a great guy, and an even better photo here. I mean, look at that. Well, I shouldn't say that. He's a better guy, and the photo's good too. But um, just look at, I mean, like, look at that sweat. And there's different variations of this. There's different angles, and they're all really cool. But uh, that is a massive moment captured uh, to a T, it's perfect. My my pick for photo of the year is uh, the Kamara Usman knockout of Jorge Masvidal, in large part because of the sweat orbit around his head, but also, I mean, that is just on the button right over there. Do you see your pick?
2: So you go with this one after, yeah, after see, everything you said about it. Early. Well, no, that's it's that's the right, right hand.
1: That's no, see now you're trying to you're you're trying to put words. It's just the right mouth. hand. What's what's so great? It was an incredible it's thing. It's not a. Usman, it's man. just. <laughs> The sweat listen, you didn't mention the sweat orbit. Okay. It's the just sweat the orbit. Right hand. The sweat orbit is
2: incredible. So my pick, I actually went with the same fight. I just went with the photo from a different angle. I like wow. you know, in yours it's kind of Usman's like fist just coming through. I went the one where you can see Usman just coming through. Yeah. Jorge's clearly done the sweat orbit, like you said. I mean it's is that it's Ellsworth? Even, this is Chris Unger from Zufa. This, okay. This is this is an even wider one. It looks like he was behind it. You can tell Masvidal is done from this one. I mean, it's just, it's like you said, the stakes, you know, as Rick mentioned earlier, the fact that Masvidal has never been knocked out, just everything around it. And then you get a picture like that. It's 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 unbelievable.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, the framing here is great because you can see Usman as well. You don't see the connection. You see a bit of the orbit. Um, like I said, a lot of great angles. Chris is a fantastic photographer. Uh, UFC has some great ones. Jeff, uh, Botari is a great one. Um, uh, Josh is, uh, is a legend. He's been around there for forever. So yeah, I mean, something about that sweat orbit just made the, uh, the moment, the photos that much more
0: captivating. New York, Rick? Absolutely great great pick. I mean, although, you know, I was thinking it's just a right hand, so I had to pick oh, something Oh, Get
1: else. the F out of here. So it's I had the to sweat pick orbit.
0: <laughs> I had to pick uh Prohaska elbowing oh. Reyes, oh, uh, wow. shot by longtime UFC photographer Jeff Botari. Um this to me, it might be one of the best photos of yeah, MMA like ever awesome. taken. Just the gnarly first of all, to get this shot, to get that elbow, um, which was completely unexpected, the gnarliness of Reyes' face. Um this for me and again like you know in the Kamaru one the I, I'd say that the Ellsworth one was was the best one you're not really seeing um kamaru in that you're, you're just seeing the aftermath with Jorge this one you got the full thing yeah. you've got all of it framed up perfectly no cage in the way uh this one is is an all timer in my opinion um but you can't go wrong with the one that you guys selected but this just I mean just look at this does, so I was is,
1: wondering if any of you, and that's a fantastic one. It's amazing, um, and yeah. I love those sort of over the the cage shots. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a historic one at this point of uh, Chris Cyborg connecting her fist to Gina Carano's face, taken by our good friend, the greatest of all time, Esther Lin. Um, that's from that sort of angle as well. Um, so you can't go wrong. I'm actually su- not surprised, but I was wondering if any of you. We're going to go with the Marlon Vera, Frankie Edgar one, but I think there were some weird feelings surrounding that one, right? Yeah, it's pretty intense.
2: And yeah. I, I can imagine that people are pretty upset that no one chose it because, I mean, right. it's, Great I mean photo. it's a viral photo, to right. say the least. I mean, everybody saw it, whether you're an MMA fan or not. It was, it was insane.
1: The people gave that uh their number two. Oh, really? Uh, wow. Yeah, number two. Number one, Usman over yeah. Moswell. They didn't specifically sweat orbit. Uh, sweat uh, orbit. Another That's one fantastic. that got an odd that is a pretty, I guess you can say, uh iconic moment, if you will.
0: Uh McGregor sitting up against the cage. It's funny you say that. Yeah. That
2: that, uh, is we that have a photo armor? of that because that was my set kind of like one B. I, yeah. I think Ariel's talking about are you talking about the one where he got knocked out or literally when he's with Joe Rogan? Uh, okay, so these guys actually put 257 lower down. They have this is so
1: this is 264, right? right. Oh, you're yeah. talking about you're talking laying about when he's down, like asleep, what like they yeah. call yeah. sleepy yeah. McGregor. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, certainly a, a powerful meme. I thought this, this was one a powerful of the best. One as well, yeah. Nobody's essence has been captured so yeah. perfectly. No, um, And great. then you get the Joe Rogan interviewing fighters meme stepping <laughs> off this. This whole thing, this whole moment to me. Now, again, this is actually kind of a screenshot as opposed to a photo. There were right. some photos um, taken of this, not quite with the same intensity from Connor. To me, this this was one of the best of this the This is
1: like the villain at the end of the movie saying, I'm going to get you kids.
0: It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect.
1: But it's your wife is in my DM.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Your wife. Yes, it uh, it's, it's fantastic.
1: But yes, the one that they gave a nod to was 257, where he's sleeping. Uh, McGregor, yeah, another pretty iconic photo with a, with a yes. chain. Uh, Max Holloway yelling at Calvin Cater gets a nod. Uh Charles yeah. Oliveira with the belt. Usman on the cage at 261, Um and then the, you know a few nods to the those moments after the fact, which could definitely win. Where the fighters who were just engaged in a war come together. Right, we love those. Uh, Holloway and Yair in the ambulance mm-hmm. uh, was a great moment. Um, so McGregor up against the cage at 264 gets a nod. Nate Diaz pointing at Leon Edwards. Um, oh, that's a
0: great one. I didn't even think of that.
1: Yeah. Um, Dustin Poirier upset after 269. Uh, Francis in Cameroon, a great moment as well. The Chris Barnett flip, a great moment as well. <laughs> uh jolie poirier giving connor the business gets a moment brandon moreno gets a uh a shout out as well and of course I... uh Hezbula sitting cage side with uh hmm, Habib gets a moment oh it's a shout out uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah okay got it
1: um but a lot to choose from again it's tough with some of these and it's 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 a daunting task because you're like man how the hell am i gonna remember all these moments but uh i think we did a pretty good job of uh
0: I thought I thought we hit everything. To me, it's just like the one that I'm going to remember. And yeah. I'm always going to remember that Usman punch. Yeah. And I'm always going to remember that elbow from Praska. Those are the two that I will not forget those photos.
1: So a few years ago, we introduced a new category to the uh, award show. And that was Social Media User of the Year. Um, new York Rick. Compl- I mean, I've never seen someone regret uh, <laughs> a winner uh, as quickly as he did. I believe... If memory serves me correct, he gave it to Henry Cejudo, and within minutes, right? You gave it to uh,
0: to Darren Till. Yeah, it was one of those where I think I still think, in hindsight, the right call was Henry Cejudo, um, because Darren Till kind of falls into this category of could win it at any time, any right. year. I felt like that was Cejudo's year. But Darren was particularly on his game and and I did regret instantly it not going to Darren Till. And then it also, you, you know what made it worse? It was Henry kind of crossed that threshold of being like interesting on social into like cringy on social um, and kind of just like made it made it yeah. have a sour taste in my mouth. It was, it was Darren's year and, and I gave it to Henry.
1: It, it had a great it, year though. No, no, absolutely. Um, this is the category that, You'll just uh, choose the winner, and then yeah. we'll have a few coming up where it's uh, it's all GC. So you're the yeah. social media expert. You have certainly come into your own. I mean,
0: I remember not that long Thank ago, you.
1: you didn't even know how to use Twitter for God's sakes. Uh, I still don't. I, let's be real. Yeah, and now you're shout uh, out
0: shout out to Jose Alex Casey for for carrying me through. Uh,
1: so here we are, our 2021 social media user of the year. The floor is yours, my friend. Yeah. From, so
0: what is your official title, by the way? You're talking about my job title,
1: yeah? Social media director. Okay, from the social media director oh, thank of you.
0: Uh, MMAfighting.com,
1: very fancy, New York, Rick. By um, the way, why are you sitting back so much? I mean, could you sit up? What is this? No, uh, this
0: is this is how we do. This is, this is how we do. back There's here. a lot of headroom there. Geez, if you sit up, you eliminate. No, 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 some of no that. we're we're, we're going to stay comfortable. So, right. one thing I want to do, um, I felt like this this kind of debuted um, in a previous era, but I want I want to make it formal. I want to make it official. I want this to feel like the first and, and be the real the real one that we're talking about. And in the spirit of that, I was thinking about who I wanted to give it to this year. And there was one name that really came to mind. But much like Darren Till, it was somebody who could win this every year. Hmm. So what I wanted to do, instead of giving it to them this year, I'm going to make it the inaugural X social media, uh, media user of the year. So from now on, from now until the end of time, this will be the... Inaugural. This is the inaugural, but moving forward, it will be the Caposa social media wow. user of the year. Wait, I just did that like two awards ago. What do you mean? I said it should be the Caposa
1: post. It of is going year.
0: to be the Caposa, man. Caposa getting a lot of love. It on is going to be the Caposa,
1: um, well deserved.
0: And I didn't want to ask him this year because uh, wait, this is he's be winning. His. No, no, no. I wa- well, I wanted to. Oh, but this, instead, okay, I'm it. going to make it moving forward because he could win every year. Let's be real; it's it's always going to sure. be Caposa. Uh, so, Although he's not a fighter, you know this, right? Yeah, it doesn't have to be. Okay, listen, you're talking about Jake Paul. He's not a he's not an MMA fighter either. I'm being facetious when I do that. For God, I'm not Caposa. Okay. This is yours, right. the Caposa Social Media User of the Year Award for 2021. The winner of the Caposa Social Media User of the Year Award is Hazbula, who is also not a Come fighter. Come on, this is the worst. It is going to be Hazbula. You're <laughs> privileges. No, nope. oh, nope, you can't. Hasboula, it is going to be Hasboula. Really? It is going to be Hasboula. Not yeah. a fighter. It is. No, no fighter. Now, let's. Did he emerge in twenty twenty? He did very early in the year, okay. which is incredible. Um, Feels like nine years ago. When you're sitting cage side, rubbing elbows with Dana White and Habib and all yeah. these guys, when every fighter has your name on your mouth. If listen, Faziv is calling him out in the cage. If that yeah. doesn't qualify you, then nothing does. Nobody had a more uh, significant rise, impactful social media year. He really only exists on social media. Like, there's really not a lot that we know about him other than the fact that he is on social media. How old Nobody is he? Nobody had a. I think he's 19 uh, he, like, yeah. yeah, he's like he's like a uh, a young man. Right. Um. Shout out to Hasbullah. It was his year on social media. Obviously, wow. there's other people you could talk about. Jake Paul, undeniably, had a fantastic year on social media. Some of the ones I want to talk about though and highlight are the fighters. Um, Terence McKinney. Adrian Yanez, Kay Hansen, Patty Pimblett—some of the fighters that really like Kay get Hansen. in there and interact with their really um, with their fan bases. You know, because obviously, myself, our team, we we stay very close to social media. We have lists and see who the fighters are. There's a lot of fighters out there, and I think it's a it's a modern thing. It's a new era thing of fighters interacting with the fans, and I love to see that. Um, the, the fighters that I named are some of the best at that. Um, then there's the like perennials. You know these are the people that could be winning this next year. Derek Lewis, Israel Adesanya, Darren Till, Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley a fantastic social mm-hmm. media year. If you if you include Twitch, I mean the guys you know next level with it. Uh, Bilal Muhammad. There's a lot of these kind of like people that could get it any year. But this was the year of Hezbollah. Cannot be denied. Wow. That is okay. that is We're the winner of the year. So, I don't want to hate on it per se. But listen, you, know, you got a better is- answer. Who's I was expecting got? a fighter. You know, I wanna... I named a lot of fighters. They had great years. Nobody had a better year. Can than I ask Hezbollah. this follow up? Yeah who who is like instant engagement? I think you know the answers to this. Connor McGregor <laughs> right, is right, right. if yeah, if obviously if he sneezes, there's instant engagement there. Nate Diaz, Dana White, Jorge Masvidal, um, the names that you'd expect. The names is the there names is there that one really that we would wouldn't expect? That's well, a... I just think there's there's certain ones that out. Outside like the ranking O'Malley? right no. like Sean O'Malley outsizes right. his ranking like his his impact on social media outsizes his ranking um Hamzat Shamayev mm. is his impact on social media outsizes his ranking you know he's he's climbing the ranks but he's getting the the attention and, and the love of somebody who's been there for a long time uh Dustin Poirier had a really good year on social yeah. media he was using it a lot more aggressively and and opening himself up a lot um lots of great fighters to follow could not deny hasbullah has, has uh, i want to give a special year.
1: shout out. this is not my uh, category but i do want to give a special shout out to one who often makes me laugh for his uh, dry wit who's that arnold allen yes me he up. I mean, when he's he just like good. complaining to joe biden about his uh, joe biden's tweeting something out about <laughs> like uspc usps the united states postal service and he's complaining
0: to him about USPS. <laughs> yes. yeah and i think there was a whole <laughs> about um, his about his his bike that he ordered I think there was a whole Tesco fiasco where they yeah. were raising the price of the combo meal and he was getting in on that. He's quite funny. Um, and another example of some of these younger fighters who um, are putting out fun content and engaging with fans. But yeah, uh, it was it was his year. It was Hasbela's right. year. Uh, and, uh, he... How do
1: we feel? Is Conor back or uh, is he in the mix? Or back, is he... I didn't go
0: anywhere.
2: Okay, yeah, no, I saw you walk out there very briefly. I don't mean to... Uh, <laughs> nah, this gives I... me a much better respect for you, not uh, going to the bathroom. At yeah, any that's
1: right. Shows ever. <laughs> uh how do we feel about a non-fighter
2: getting the award here? I'm cool with it. Hasbullah, right. he does numbers on social media. All right. no, so I, 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 I think I might say Hamzat. Hamzat yeah. is someone, I mean, he's he's been he pretty active. Yeah.
1: All right. Okay. Hasbullah gets it It's, it's on. my I'm award, and I'm going to do listen, what I damn yeah, well do
0: Actually, it's my award and Kaposa's award now, but I'm going to do what I damn well please. I wonder what Kaposa thinks about this. Yeah, listen. I'm, I'm open Kaposa to the feedback. Is Kaposa a big Hasbullah guy? He's the only one I'll, I'll take it from. All right.
1: Uh, okay, so there you have it. 2021 social media user of the year is the uh, the often imitated, never duplicated Hezbollah. All right. We have reached uh, the midway point of uh, these awards, and it's also GC's time to shine here. Before we get to GC and his uh, betting-centric awards, a quick Word shout out to the buffalo bills big win i believe they covered yesterday
2: against who did they play again gc the falcons but i think it was a push was it a push i think it was a push what was the final score i think they won by 15 14 14 yeah it was a push wow i know some people got it at 14 and a half too interesting
1: i mean you were feeling yourself there for a second i mean talking smack didn't at me and then i see the tweet only like six hours later There was no need to add
2: you. I I could have posted the the screenshots. You were begging me for mercy at halftime. I was all begging. I said I was nervous,
1: and rightfully so, but I never never wavered. A big win. I can't say that I was too confident at halftime that the Falcons were going to hold that lead. One point on the road. A couple interceptions. Actually, three, to be exact, by Josh. Um, Big game coming up on Sunday to uh, lock up the AFC East, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about bad beat of the year. Now, uh, this is your section here. We've got a few coming up, Bad Beat of the Year, Betting Underdog of the Year, and Lock of the Year, also Most Profitable Fighter of the Year. Um, for those that may not be well-versed in the world of
2: gambling, what does Bad Beat mean? Yeah, so a Bad Beat is kind of when it looks like you're going to win the bet. When it, it you know, you start thinking in your head, you're starting to count the money that you're going to win. I mean, it's really looking like you're going to win, and then something happens and you don't win. So like, you know, if, if it was in football, it's a defensive touchdown with no time left on the clock and you don't cover anymore. If it's basketball, it's a meaningless three-pointer at the end of the game, so you don't cover anymore. Something something like that that you know, the sporting world that isn't betting probably isn't really thinking about it at the time and it has a huge effect on the spread or over under or something like that. Okay. So Thank it's kind of like it's kind of like a winner gets just stolen out of your hands.
1: I often see it on the uh, Scott Van Pelt Sports Center, they do that. Yeah, he right? does
2: the whole segment there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's uh, he's he's really made he's popularized the idea of uh. Did he beats. come up with that term? He may have. Wow, really? It's a creative term. If he did, yeah, he may have. But uh, it's a it's a pretty well known thing now. Um, so yeah, shout out to SVP. Uh, shout out to Game segment. Night as well. I'm sure. he Shout out. Shout, on shout game out to night. Game Night. He, not he has never come night. on Game Night. No.
1: Um, and by the way, can I just say I know uh ESPN Radio was hit pretty hard with the passing of uh Jeff Dickerson. Uh. <laughs> A constant, right? Uh, Yeah,
2: Jeff Dickerson was actually a game night host. Oh, he was? Okay, I thought he was just like
1: a a regular guest, the uh, Chicago Bears beat writer. Um, Just a horrific story, finding out about his passing. horrific. A couple of years after uh, the passing of his wife, and they have a son, I think 11 years old, Parker, and this incredible thing. I mean, of course... Everyone would rather him, you know, still be with us. But this incredible show of generosity by so many people in the NFL, but also outside of the NFL as well. And last I checked, over a million dollars—yeah, um, incredible—was raised in uh, in his honor for his son Parker and the Bears donating and, and the the Cubs donating and all the owners. I mean, it was just an incredible thing. Did you know him? Did you ever work with him?
2: Yeah, worked with him on game night uh, a bunch actually. Yeah, oh, so man. it was a really I'm sorry. I uh, mean, I uh, appreciate that. It's a really tragic story. I, I feel. Unbelievably terrible for his son, but it's it is nice to see that that showing uh, for the GoFundMe.
1: Yeah, um, I, I I posted the link a couple of days ago on my social media. My I never met him, yeah. but uh, just a horrific a horrific story. I only bring that up because we were just talking about ESPN Radio, but sure, of course, yeah. um, hard to transition from that. Let's talk about bad beat of the year. Who yes, is your winner, bad
2: beat of the year. This is uh this is a tough one to swallow because as I was watching it, I started thinking about it, and I know multiple people that were on this one. Zaleski Dos Santos against Benoit Saint-Denis. Fight does not go the distance if you're holding a ticket for that one. If you remember this, it's UFC 267. It's the referee. I have have a hard time pronouncing his name. Kisilev is his last name. He gets pulled for the rest of the night for not calling the fight. Yeah, There's this picture right there. Yes. Uh, you know, Cormier and all them. They're Paul Felder, they're screaming for him to end the fight. Why are you not ending the fight? Why are you not ending the fight? Uh, I mean, Cormier tweets this uh, after the fight, basically calling it the worst officiating performance that he's ever seen. Um, you know, to be specific, one, one of my guys, MMA Lock of the Night, he was on this one. He was on the under two and a half. I mean, it looked like a certainty that this fight was going to get called short. It was a minus 180 bet. I think it was minus 150 uh, for the under two and a half. So that that for me, with when it's not even in control of the fight, it's actually in the control of someone else's hands, taking the winner away from you, that is my bad beat of the year. That's a good one. That
1: guy was the worst, and I
2: don't know if we'll ever see him again. I agree with DC. That was horrific. Um, Any honorable mentions there or – uh, yeah, if you want to go honorable mentions, it, it is a lot of over-unders like uh, Grant Dawson, Leonardo Santos, uh, Fight Goes the Distance. That one ended with one second left, minus oh, yes. 130 for that one. That would have been painful. Uh, under one and a half in the Poirier-McGregor 2 back in January, plus 120. That one ended 231 into the second round, so you missed that one by uh, by two seconds there. Uh, those are two off the bat that, that got an honorable mention for sure. So it's, it's mostly over-unders that get the bad beats in UFC. All right, so that's our bad beat of the year. Uh, The next category is betting underdog of the year. Yes, betting underdog. uh, I guess you could also call it the betting upset of the year because it is different than the upset of the year. A lot Mm -hmm. of people are automatically going to think this is Juliana Pena. It is not. Wow. We are going to Bellator 271, the curtain jerker. I was actually a victim of this one right here. remember this. (laughs) Ethan Hughes gets it done over Mahmoud fazi Sebi. Uh, he closed average odds according to best fight odds at closing, plus 759, as high as plus 900 at some books. He killed all of my parlays that night, just completely washed me. I probably would have finished the year up more units had that not happened. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he just dominated Sebi from the jump. I mean, he he made it look easy. He got a finish. uh, And anytime you're cashing it, plus 750, plus 900, it's going to be hard to top. So Bellator 271, the curtain jerker, Ethan Hughes, is the betting underdog, betting upset of the year. Bellator had a stretch there where there were a few big upsets, right? Yes. those. Uh, I don't have any honorable mentions other than Julianna Peña, but those Bellator cards can right. get incredibly dangerous. With, big uh, tuna? Yeah. Ben Parrish? Yeah. I mean, Fozzie Sebi was like, I took him at like minus 550 and got juiced to like minus 1400. Oh. At that point, that's like you're talking like lock territory.
1: All right, so that's betting underdog of the year. Now we move along to our next category, and that's lock of the
2: year. Explain this one to us. So, yeah, so lock of the year, it's not just one singular bet. It's not just one bet that you were like, I know this is going to happen. This is a fighter that throughout the course of the year you could depend on. You knew he was going to be able to get it done fight after fight for you. You really weren't even worried. You know, the ultimate parlay piece because he's probably going to have pretty juiced up odds. And for me, and I think for a lot of people, that was Islam Makashev. He goes 3-0. and He wins all three fights by finish. His average odds were around minus 500, minus 550. So he was a pretty sizable favorite, but you could always depend on him to throw him in a parlay. I don't think he lost a single round before he got the finishes. He was dominating. You really were never concerned about him winning. So my 2021 lock of the year, Islam Makhachev. Yeah. I feel like there were... I mean, Hamzat didn't fight as much. He's usually been
1: a lock. He only had that one fight. Yeah, Makhachev. I mean, just an absolute stud. Big fight coming up for him in a little over a month against Benil Dariush. He is obviously the favorite going into that fight, but uh, the competition will heat up for him in 2022. A lot of people think he ends the year potentially as either a champion or about to become champion, so we'll see
2: how it turns out. Our our friends over at DraftKings, they... uh... They still they have, have odds up for—I uh, think he's plus 240 at DraftKings for— To end the year? To end the year champion. Wow. Honestly, it's just a timing thing at this point. Yeah, right? That's right? what can get tricky about those bets is is are the are the is the timing in online uh, for him to be able to get that shot.
1: All right, so that's lock of the year, Islam Makhachev. Uh, congratulations to him. And what about most profitable
2: fighter of the year? So profitable fighter of the year, the way that I did this, if you just blindly threw $100 on him, Every time they fought, no matter the odds, you just threw 100 bucks on them, and who would have accumulated you the most profit throughout the course of the year is how I solved this one. This one was actually surprising to me. Mm. You know, some people, since Juliana Pena fought twice, you might think it's her. She won both those. Her, her first fight of the year uh, was at close to even odds. Uh, some might think Chris Curtis getting those two huge knockouts and going six and0 over the course of the year. It actually was neither of them. Chris Curtis was actually fourth on the list because he was such a heavy favorite in his other fights, uh, he profited 581.20. Gerald Mearshart coming in at third, he profited 587. Juliana Pena, 702 in second. But the most profitable fighter of the year, Hosh Manfeo. We go to the PFL wow. for this one. Your How the current... hell did you find that? I did some digging. Wow. I did some deep, deep digging on this one. This man is now the lightweight champion in PFL. He goes 4-0 and in the PFL over the course of 2021. All four of them he cashes as an underdog, as you can see, plus 183, plus 172, plus 154, plus 225. All of these according average closing odds on best fight odds. That's how I did it. So if you got different odds, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Or if you found someone that was better than any of these fighters I just gave out, you should let me know because uh, I'm sure I missed something. But he profits for you $734 if you just threw $100 on him each time he fought. In uh, in 2021, and he he profited himself a million dollars because he uh, won a PFL championship. Damn, that is impressive. Incredible year for him, man. Incredible
1: year, impressive stuff. Also impressive that you know you were able to uh, to dig this one up. I don't think Damn. a lot of people would have thought.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people automatically assumed uh, Chris Curtis, or maybe like someone that just went undefeated, like right. like in Islam. But when when they're that juiced, you're not going to profit as much off of. Taítuivasa. Taítuivasa was a good one. Um,
1: All right. So those are those. And uh, we are going to also give out our upset of the year. Now, this
2: could be a little bit different um, than what you just talked about. Right. Different than the betting upset. We're talking strictly odds, whereas upset of the year can obviously, you know, the stakes play into it. That will be coming
1: up in a few categories. Great job, GC. Great job, sort of, New York Rick with the Hezbollah pick. Now we come back to uh, the picks that we all weigh in on and we continue with comeback fight of the year. Now, uh, by the way, in the past, we've done a thing where it was just comeback of the year, and I've left it open to whether you want this to be a fighter or a fight. Um, But you know what? I don't like that. Um, And so now we're splitting it up. I think it's the first year, actually, that we're splitting it up. So we're splitting it up with comeback of the year, comeback fight of the year, and also comeback fighter of the year. We'll start with comeback fight of the year. Obviously, this is pretty self-explanatory. Someone's down, they come back, they win the fight. Uh, this, this wasn't the easiest one. I feel very good about my choice, um, but there were some tough ones. Murad Shvili with the comeback win over Marlon Moraes That was very impressive. Uh, Charles Oliveira with the very impressive comeback win over Michael Chandler. Very, very impressive. Uh, you can make a case for Alex Volkanovsky, With the win over Brian Ortega, you can make a case for Clay Guida with the win over Leonardo Santos. You can make somewhat of a case for TJ Dillashaw with the win over Corey Sanhagen, Dominic Cruz, Pedro Munoz. In the end, though, I went with a fight that in the early goings was so one-sided, it looked like the result was elementary. The stakes were high. Again, it was as dominant as it could get for three and a half rounds. And then out of nowhere, bang, spinning back fist, Sergio Pettis with the knockout win over Kyoji Horiguchi. He was getting thoroughly dominated. And again, it looked like, all right, we just got to ride this thing out. He's going to lose not only the fight, but the belt to Kyoji Horiguchi. He pulls that off impeccably. Just an absolute beautiful finish. Again, one of the finishes that we talked about for knockout of the year, Sergio Pettis coming back and sealing the deal. Sergio had a great year as well. Nod for a breakout fighter or two. He had a fantastic year. Uh, that's my comeback of the year. Sergio Pettis with the big win over Kyoji Hiroguchi after getting dominated for three and
0: a half rounds. New York, Rick? Super tough category this year. Can't go wrong with with Pettis against Horaguchi. I ended up going with one you mentioned. I went with Voloshvely mm. uh, against Morais. I just thought the sustained beatdown that Valashvili was facing in round one against um, a guy who's a notorious killer in Marlon Morais, and then to be able to turn the tables like that and then finish it. Uh, for me, that was the one. And there were there were quite a few of, the, of those this year. You mentioned a lot of them, Guida and Santos and, and Mirshard Muradov and um, Manis and Gra- Gravely. There, there were a ton of those kind of like turnaround type ones, even hernandez Vieira, which I gave my sub of the year. Um, there were a ton of those. Uh, Pettis versus Horiguchi felt a little bit different Um, so I I I was hard for me, but Dvalishvili against Morais was this one surprised
1: me from you because you're a big stakes guy.
0: I am a big stakes guy, and I think it's it's a it's a sliding scale for me. Um, I think at this level the stakes are still um decently high. You know, we're talking about the the top of of one of the most stacked divisions in the UFC. Dvalishvili and Morais both um up there, so to me it had enough of the stakes, and then the the sustained beating um that happened around one to me to me was the uh was the kicker one that people have forgotten but i think is worth mentioning uh kennedy's Ajayku, um versus mm-hmm. uh carlos alberg that one was absolutely bonkers um, just if you, if, if you were watching that and as it's going around for two rounds, it's kind of back and forth and there were ups, downs, roller coaster, and then, uh, to get the finish on Olberg was crazy, but there were a lot, this was a very hard one. And Spike Fielder Carlisle's,
1: uh, comeback win a couple of weeks ago was pretty on the damn same, amazing. On the same card as yep.
0: Pedersen Horiguchi.
1: Yep. Also we mentioned Anthony Hernandez and Hadolfo Vieira. That was somewhat of a, uh, comeback as well for, for sure. Mr. Hernandez. A lot of great ones and there's nothing more exciting than a great comeback. Uh, Darren Elkins um, with a big one
2: too. What about UGC? Yeah, I actually uh, agree with Eric here. As far as the Horiguchi one goes, I mean, I was completely shocked, but I, I do kind of agree with, with New York Rick in the sense that it was just like a, a flash knockout, which was so incredible. And I also went with Murad Devalishvili because of that sustained beating that, he, that he put on, uh, Marlon Marais. I mean, he was on skates. I said to my TV that it was over and then he just comes back. And in the second round, I mean, Marais doesn't even get a, doesn't get a, even get a strike off. And then really gets his first finish in the UFC. So just to see him look like he was down and out, and then come back in that way, I will make it my 2021 comeback. Fight Interesting. Of the year. Okay. Did, and
1: you know, go
2: ahead. I was going to say, did either
0: did any of us mention Oliveira and Chandler? Because it was on my list, but I don't know if we. Well, we it's so about funny it. that you say that. I mentioned it. Uh, and how about this? The people picked it.
1: The people loved it's, Charles Oliveira this past year. Uh, they picked the win it, for uh, Charles. I mean, he was losing the first round very clearly. It's and an almost incredible lost the swing fight. of momentum. Yeah. You could yeah. argue
0: 10 8 in round one, and, and Jose Youngs uh, of MMA Fighting said that. Um, to me, it was too long, a pro, too prolonged a period of time between the momentum swings. It, it mm-hmm. just felt um, like it wasn't one after the other, it wasn't the tables turning so immediately. Um, they felt like almost two separate kind of things happening. I certainly think it qualifies. It was my number three behind, uh, Dvalishvili and Marais and Pettis Horiguchi stakes has them all. You know, this, this is for the the UFC's lightweight title in the toughest division. Uh, but it just felt, they felt too separate. The, the comebacks felt too separate. It felt like almost a reset between those rounds. And then they were reset kind of going into round two. Um, but certainly a a great choice. I, I don't blame anybody for picking that one. No, and again, the stakes help. Uh,
1: To me, if you go back and watch that Horiguchi fight, it was so one-sided, and it wasn't flashy or anything. It was just pure dominance for the belt, main event, and then he comes back with something as flash and as crazy, but that's what made it. Now, I get it. It wasn't like a moment where it was like, oh, here's 30 seconds, and he pours it on out of nowhere like he's hulking up like you know, old-school Hulk Hogan circa 1987, but... Hmm. uh, to win the belt after
0: getting whooped like that. I mean, he could have thrown in the towel mentally. He could have, you know what I mean? It was just so one-sided. For sure. When you talk about puncher's chances, this is the moment. This is what you're thinking about. When it's down to you need to hit the one shot to make it happen because you are not going to win this fight, Sergio Pettis hit that one shot.
2: And, yeah. And uh, it's unbelievable. Horiguchi literally just had to survive to the end of the five rounds. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I even bet on Sergio Pettis that night and I was like, well, this it's is... It's over. Yeah, this is not going to happen. So the people gave love to uh, Olivera
1: over Chandler. They also gave love to Murab Shvili over Sergio Moraes, Pettis Horiguchi, Dilashaw Sanhagen. General View is a huge comeback, if I'm being honest. Uh, Volkanovski-Ortega, Guida Santos, Olivera Poirier had somewhat of a comeback there as well. Cruz Munoz, Holloway, Rodriguez. That can't make... I mean, may, maybe the... No. Uh, Hernandez, Vieira, um, and on and on it goes. So there's a comeback...
0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Fight of the year. Now it's comeback fight of the year. Maybe my favorite one. Maybe my favorite one because no, I looked at the people and honestly, 123 votes not one person picked mine. And I can understand to a degree why they didn't pick mine, but it's somewhat in the same vein as the Hezbollah pick from from Mr. New York Rick, which, by the way, uh, Kaposa has gladly you know, accepted your honor on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that. And also uh, Gian has uh, commented on you giving him some- I'm a man, I'm a man of the people. That's yeah, the theme of the just show. Dishing it out left and right. And this one actually comes into play a little later on. In another category, and I'll give you a hint, it's the feel-good category, uh-huh. we're talking comeback fighter of the year. And I can understand why, you know, when when talking about this particular award, uh, Jose Aldo comes to mind, right? He comes back after the the loss to Pierre-Yan. I could certainly understand why someone would pick Dominic Cruz, right, who comes back after the loss to Henry Cejudo and he has his great year and he seems to be right back in the mix at 135 pounds. Um, some people gave the love to TJ Dillashaw who came back after two plus years away to, to pick up that close win over Corey Sanhagen. Glover Teixeira somewhat comes back, although that was more of a sustained one. He was obviously, you know, uh, in line to get the title shot and, and, and wins the belt, um, against Jan Bukhovich back in October. Um, so th- so there's, there's some that, you know, Gerald Mearshart came back very nicely. Chris Curtis came back very nicely. Anthony Smith deserves some love. But these guys are all at a certain level, and especially in Aldo Cruz. Like, Aldo's fighting for the belt. Cruz is fighting for the belt. So how much are you really coming back from, right? You're losing to the champion. You're losing to the best in that weight class. Guys, October of 2020, in the cage, laid Anderson Silva. He was crying. He was defeated. He was unceremoniously kicked out of the UFC as a piece of garbage. Not only did he not get a tweet, he didn't get a thank you. He didn't get a video package. He didn't get a we appreciate you, a, a, you know, a future endeavors tweet, a column, an article, a nothing. He got nothing. He was taken out back from the apex and said, you know, thanks for everything, Baba. We're done with you. 10 plus years, you helped put us on the map. We are done with you. And what does he do? He comes back and he beats Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Now I understand. I understand. It was a boxing match. I get it. But that's Anderson Silva. That's one of the all-time best. That's an MMA legend. And he walked into another sport where historically the MMA fighters aren't doing well against a guy. And I understand he's not in his prime and maybe he was a never was. And you could say all this stuff about Julio. He's not his dad. And, and and you know, he, he doesn't take the career seriously. He freaking outclassed him. And it was vintage Anderson. And it was dancing Anderson. He laughed in his face. It was, we had turned back the clock to freaking 2011 Anderson Silva. Not only was it, A comeback fighter of the year moment. It was a feel-good moment. I sat there in my bed watching it. It was back in May, I do believe, or maybe it was June. It was in June. And I was watching that with the biggest smile on my face. No legend deserves to be treated the way in which Anderson Silva was treated on his way out of the UFC. And he comes back in a card that wasn't really, you know, heralded all that much. It was on, you know, online pay-per-view. The production wasn't great. And it was just beautiful to see Anderson look like that. And, of course, he followed it up with the win over Tito Ortiz. So to come back and the position that he's in now, being talked about for a big money fight, potentially against a Jake Paul or God knows what, this man has reinvented himself in his mid-40s as a boxer, something that he wanted to do 10 years ago and was never allowed to do. And it's just beautiful. And so without further ado, my comeback fighter of the year is Anderson Silva, who was left for dead in the apex, was left for dead against Uriah Hall, was left for dead. His career was forgotten about. He was kicked out of the UFC with not much of a tribute, uh, an appreciation tweet, a nothing. Look at this guy right here, a freaking legend who did it with a smile and who shocked the world when he defeated Julio Cesar Chavez around six months ago. I'm sh- Not a single vote, not a single vote for Anderson, and I get it. It's a little bit off the beaten path. That's Anderson Silva right there. I don't care if it was in a boxing ring or an MMA cage. That's my comeback fighter of the year. And you know what? I feel pretty damn great about it all. New York Rick?
0: Can we just rewind the tape back to questioning my pick of when, No, when we talk about this? I knew it. I knew it. That's Can we Anderson just go Silva. back? That, come on. You don't, listen to me. That's Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva deserves something He came here. back in a big way. I'm he was gonna done. Talk, he was I'm gonna done. Talk, I'm going to talk about him and Feel Good for sure. Like we're picking boxing wins is the... He That's was the done, man. Here. He was done. Come on, you got to give the guy props. No one. I thought give he was the guy. Be- I give the guy all the props in the world. It's a feel good moment of the year for me. Feel good moment of the year. But he's he's not fighting in MMA.
1: He was done. He was forgotten about. It, Remember that Uriah I, Hall fight? Like it was like oh
0: yeah. Let's cry this, for is the this is the twilight. He's the twilight. Yeah, and now Who he's on top. He would look like I that. get it. Uh, listen. He's on my list. He's on my list. He's far down, but he's on my list. I'm with you on this. I think I think he deserves it. I think when you're looking at how he left unceremoniously and you're looking at... Losing to Uriah Hall, people are probably thinking it's it's not happening for Anderson. And I think if you go back and and look at the talk around the time of the Julio Cesar Chavez fight, that was kind of like a circus thing, and mm-hmm. people were not expecting much from Anderson there. And we got the vintage Anderson. Um, again, quality of competition matters. I think Julio Caesar Chavez, much maligned, but is a competent boxer. Yeah, fifty um, fights Ortiz, or something. Like that. Tito Ortiz, less so. Um, but I think I think you're you're right here. I'm, I'm giving you. Uh, crap because you by the gave way me last crap. victory 2017
1: yeah, his he, last I, win of any he kind he was
0: one. he was won seven and won no contest since 2013 and that so, was against Derek Brunson who
1: a lot of people including myself thought he lost to in Brooklyn so his last right. legitimate win legit, or his last finish whatever you want to say prior to that Stefan Bonner UFC 153 2012 yeah. Yeah. 2012 now okay of course the Nick Diaz thing but he was popped so I'm saying last legitimate win Stefan Bonner
0: 2012. Listen, I mean, we're just going to have to put this one in the Ronda Rousey, no. you know, pick, picking Don't the, even the wrong thing that. here. Listen, is, it'll be okay. You'll you'll you'll, make it, you'll make it through this. That's a comeback. That's a comeback. I know, just not in the right sport. But you'll Aldo make it through. And Cruz have amazing
1: this. comeback years. But they're coming back from title fights. So I'm, they're still the relatively at
0: the top. You, you, I'm okay. the example. You'll I've make it enough. through this on the other end. I've the said answer enough. the answer and listen, in in the spirit of of harkening back to my Ronda Rousey pick, I picked a loser. Pick somebody who came back and lost this year. And that person is Yair Rodriguez. Come on. This is I picked picked Yair Rodriguez. How? Two years away. Two years away. Lose it. So why not give it to TJ? Listen, two years away. And he came on this show and talked about getting COVID himself. He did. He talked about losing five family members to it. To come back and put on that performance that he did against Max Holloway, and I think it matters that who he came back against and how he looked in that fight against Max Holloway. To me, I don't think there was somebody who came back with expectations. TJ Dillashaw, Dillashaw was a close second for me, who came back with expectations of not winning this fight. I, I think the difference for me, it came down to this. I think TJ Dillashaw was expected to be competitive against Corey Sandhagen. I don't think people were giving Yair a lot of a shot against Max Holloway here. I think two years away. Um, before that, not not having been in that upper echelon, he needed to make the jump into that tier. Uh, this is such a crazy pick. He did win, and he got don't care. He got don't thoroughly care. dominated. Don't care. whoa thoroughly dominated. Time out. Time I out. Mean. Rewind that. No, 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 no. You have that completely wrong. Thoroughly dominated. Are you out of your mind? What, what, what was the scorecard again? I think it was forty eight forty seven. No. Yeah, I think so. Hold on. I think it's forty eight. First of 46. all first of all. Okay, what about Aldo? What about Cruz? Not not this year. What? Uh, Aldo ended twenty twenty with a huge win, not not all okay, what about contained Cruz? in this year first of all if you're gonna give me if you're gonna give me guff when you pick the boxer for the for the comeback <laughs> he's fighter not a boxer year. he's an mma fighter we all know he's an mma when's fighter. the last time he fought mma 2020 yeah
1: who happened to do great things in the world of boxing doesn't I'm matter proudly
0: fight. i'm gonna proudly pick yair rodriguez for what he did in the fighter. it's not fight. as bad as ronda no oh you were talking about yours right no, you're. It's not quite as bad as round. I agree. Um, T.J. Dillashaw second. Not enough said. Although we talked about her, you know what? Actually, let me give G.C. the floor for a second because I have some others. But let me give G.C. The floor, I'm, I'm just shocked. We're, you we're, didn't we're pick going Nick too Diaz. long. Yes, he's on my short list. Like, right, I I'll, t- I'll tell you, Nick Diaz has more legitimacy than Anderson That's Silva. BS. I'll tell you that.
1: What do you? I can't believe you're actually. This is worse than my. It's just a right hand comment from earlier. I'll tell you that. The disrespect. I'll tell DC, you that.
2: What do you got? Wow. I, uh, I wish I wasn't going last on this one. I wish I had gone first to start it off. I mean, you cut the early promo of the year, 2022, on yeah. Anderson Silva being a comeback fighter. And then New York Rigs hits us with the emotional case with the Ayer. I mean, yeah. uh, And here I am, I'm taking Gerald Mearshart as no, my comeback fighter sometime. of uh, 2020. Yeah, see, it's, it's not <laughs> bad, though. It doesn't <laughs> invoke right? the emotion yeah, that know, you guys just had. I mean, you guys have tear jerkers. Yeah. you know, these incredible stories. But I mean, Mearshart, I mean, entering 2021, one in three in his last four fights. Two and five in his last seven. He's coming off that seventeen-second KO by Hamzat, and then a minute fourteen in the fight before that being KO'd. I mean, he loses a few more fights. He's probably getting taken out of the UFC. Then he goes three and zero. Oh. He gets a huge upset over uh, Murad, plus four forty dog in that one. I mean, he he was on the brink of getting cut. Then he goes three and zero. Oh. He, he strings together three great wins, all by finish, all by submission. I mean, comeback fights. I don't know. Comeback fight of the year, Gerald Meerschardt. No, listen.
1: It's a great pick, especially when you consider how badly he was beaten by Hamza Shemaev. And he talked a big game, right? And then he just gets starched in 17 seconds by Shemaev. Comes back. I think he, maybe he doesn't get the love because the the opponents that he
2: beat this year yeah. aren't big names. And, yeah, and he might not be the biggest name either. Yeah, but no. Whereas, you know... Anderson Silva. Hey, you guys, I'm, I'm starting Ge- to learn the Listen, ways for this award show. There, there's, there's, award a lot,
0: there's a lot of good options here. Gerald is... Very near the top of that. Chris Curtis, um, you know, he was retired multiple times, comes back. That's great, that's great. Jose Aldo, as we mentioned. The one we didn't talk about that I had on on my list, Juliana Pena. Mm. Ended 2020 getting choked out by Jermaine Durand to me mm-hmm. and then comes back in 2021 subbing uh, uh, Sarah McMahon and Amanda Nunes. Like, if if it wasn't for TJ Dillashaw and Yair Rodriguez being off for so long, which to me is significant, like I know Dominic Cruz uh, says that ring rust doesn't exist. To me, I think it does. And also, you know, as I mentioned in year, he was dealing with a lot of things personally that um, it would be tough to overcome, even if you weren't off for the last two years. Um, those things push it to the top, but Juliana Pena. No, it's a great one. From 2020 to 2021 is a new person. Like that is a, a I just didn't want to give collab. her like
1: eight awards. I mean, I just felt like-
0: was, I get it. You wanted to give Anderson Silva the boxer. Listen, Anderson Silva, so like if you think about how people viewed Anderson
1: Silva at the end of last year, he was an afterthought. And yes, maybe there's a little emotion here, and maybe there's some, <laughs> yeah. the guy, but like he didn't come back. Listen, if he would have come back and just beat Tito Ortiz or another MMA fighter, yeah. But that was a pretty massive victory, not only for Anderson, but for the sport of MMA. Who, like I said, let's be honest, doesn't seem to fare too well when crossing over to the world of boxing. So it, it like crossed it crossed off multiple items on there, the list.
0: There are more MMA fans watching a lot of these Jake Paul Anderson Silva fights than there are boxing fans. Let's let's call it what it is. I I'm I'm. Bust in your chops but there this is this is an MMA These are story MMA stories. in my opinion yes. um Woodley and terrible Jake... pick but no. an MMA story in my you opinion You think he fights Jake this year? No, I don't think Jake wants that smoke. <laughs> you don't think so? If were would you if you were Jake Paul? I think from a
1: business standpoint it's it's a it's a great angle because it's the final boss, right? It's like
0: everyone will I, get behind Anderson to end to, this guy. To a degree, but I really think Jake Paul can be a lot more selective and pick people he thinks yeah. he can pretty much maul. I don't think I, th- I think it's, it's a
1: great story, but it uh, it doesn't help him in two regards. Number one, he's older, so people will discredit him if he wins, which uh, I don't think is a gimme by any stretch. Also, Anderson, for as much as I love the guy and he's such a great story, he doesn't really partake so much in the promotion. So, to speak. so like yeah. you couldn't do a face to face
0: with Jake, and w- you would have to be a little more creative in that and, regard. And would Jake even like go there with Anderson? I almost it's feel tough. like he'd do the reverence thing. You it's know, tough. it'd be a bit of a tough one. And you know what? I'm going to say it. Nick Diaz deserves some kind of recognition. I'm going to say it. Nick Diaz deserves some kind of recognition sure. for fighting after nearly seven years. I don't care. I don't care sure. that he uh, lost. Listen, and you know what? Year, if you watch that fight back, pick... if you watch that fight back, it's not... Look, he knew he was done at a certain point. He did Robbie better than most people sharper. He looked better than people thought. There was a lot of talk of he doesn't want to be here. He came in there as he always does, and He was a warrior. Uh, and not in the what was it? Yamasaki? I forget who who that's attached to. Yeah, Priscilla Pesuera. Um, yeah, but uh, listen, there's something to talk about there. Seven years away to come back and and perform. There are people who would look a lot less capable and a lot less competent. Um, it, th- he than threw Nikki a ton of
2: strikes. I I, I kind of started believing. The volume, pull something yeah. crazy. Like, yeah. Who did
1: Who did the fans pick on this one? Okay, the fans pick. Thank you for asking. Uh, Jose Aldo, they picked Jose Aldo number one. Makes Glover, sense.
0: Gloria Teixeira number two. I'm not sure I nah, agree with that. I, see. These things started way before
2: yes, this year. I agree. Right, yeah. I agree. With,
1: T.J. With Dillashaw, number sure. three. Dillashaw uh, makes sense. Dominic Cruz, Charles yep. Oliveira, again started Olvera, long before. Uh, Gerald Mearshart, Chris Curtis, Anthony Smith, Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett's a
0: good one. Yeah, these these are good names. Gerald, I think Rodriguez. I think Connor's Gerald picked is a great one. And and just, don't forget, same as I was talking about with Pena, this guy got nuked by Hamzat at the end of 2020. Just abs like people thought that was like you know. It's over. That's the that's the laughing stock of the year. And then he comes back and does it. And the the third one being the comeback, like that's a fantastic pick. Max Ter- Holloway Ter- is up there.
1: You know he was dis- you know he had the loss to Volkanovski, no controversial, but then comes back with two big wins.
0: Was that his last one in 2020? Mm-hmm. I don't remember what his yeah. his, his one before.
1: Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, I just want to let you know, uh, Yair Rodriguez and Ronda Rousey got the same amount of votes from the people, one each. I just want to how let many you know.
0: did Anderson Silva get?
1: Uh, zero. Oh, so
2: okay. what do they know? What okay. do they know? Yeah, Yair everybody? Rodriguez got a vote. He did get but one. Do we yeah I guess it was what? Rick he's been off for two years do yeah. we think do we think it was Rick that made that vote? Oh I, <laughs> I couldn't check. be bothered, don't worry it's it was a monday I, afternoon <laughs> it was well, a thank. monday afternoon um all
1: right, uh, so that's you know look, it was a tough one, and uh I think that we are all in somewhat you know we're we're in agreement that you can go in different directions with this one, obviously, Anderson is a great pick, and uh you know the others are solid, honorable mentions as well. Let's go uh to upset of the year now, upset of the year. Is always an interesting one and and there were a lot, but I I feel, so this is a little bit different than what, you know, GC just did, but I I, kind of feel considering the fact that it happened in December and considering the fact that, you know, it was so big and just, you know, seismic as far as the sport is concerned. And one of those fights that we'll talk about for a long time, I feel like most people are going to give Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes, uh, the nod here worth mentioning Dustin Poirier over Conor McGregor. A lot of people were sleeping, on Dustin uh, going into that second fight back in January. Um, Jan Bochowicz didn't get a lot of love going into that Israel Adesanya fight, but uh, let's not beat around the bush here. It's Juliana Pena with her big win, her massive win, her seismic win over Amanda Nunes uh, back in December. No one gave her a chance. Everyone laughed at her. Everyone scoffed at the idea of her even fighting Amanda Nunes, let alone beating Amanda Nunes Um, She submits her in the second round. It sets up a very big rematch coming up uh, hopefully later this year. Um, I think we mentioned it on the show after uh, tied for third all time in terms of um, title fight upsets in UFC history. Number one, Holly Holm over Ronda Rousey. Number two, Matt Serra over uh, GSP. And it's tied with TJ Dillashaw versus... um, Hennon Barrow back at UFC 173. I think it's bigger than that one because we still didn't quite know how good Hennon Barrow was. Uh, I would actually put it at number two behind GSP over Sarah. Nevertheless, upset of the year, 2021, Juliana Pena over
2: Amanda Nunez. GC? Yeah, there's, there's nothing really to say here. I mean, it's it's Juliano Pena over Amanda Nunez. If you really, I know I know a few people bet on it. I, I know we got those tickets with the bets and everything, but if you really, really believe, like if it was a minus 110, you know, if it was an even odds fight and you still would have taken Pena, I would have called you crazy. It's it's Juliano Pena over Amanda Nunez.
0: You're correct? I actually went Anderson oh, Silva Christ. over... Julia, no, <laughs> there is no other acceptable answer other than Pena over Nunez. There's literally nothing else you could. Did you, you even? Did you guys even debate or didn't look at
1: anything yeah, else? Probably picked, the easiest picked Pena. one and moved
0: on. That is it.
1: All right. Shout out to Juliana Pena, the Venezuelan vixen, who uh, appeared at I think a SmackDown show a few days later. She is hopefully getting a lot of love in the Chicago and also Washington areas. Um, all right, so let's move along now, and uh, we just got a few left here, guys. We're rounding third, as they say. Uh, rivalry of the year. This one, I debated. It came down to two: one off the beaten path, and then one um, a pretty, you know, standard one. And I, uh, I feel pretty good about mine. There were a lot of fun rivalries this year. Of course, uh, when you think of rivalry of the year, I think it has to be one that spans a considerable amount of time. Right? It can't just be, in my opinion, the build up to one fight. It's a two, three month process. And then it all just kind of dissipates. It has to be bigger than that. It has to be longer than that. And so I think of something like Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling, which really started like late 2020, and then goes all the way to March, and then the controversy, and it goes all the way to October, and he gets injured, and it's still a thing, and hopefully we'll get some kind of resolution to that. Um, so that's one that I think is worth mentioning. I think Rose Namunas versus Zhang Weili got pretty heated at one point. Of course, they fought twice, so it built up to April. And then, of course, the rematch in November, although I didn't give it quite the love um, and the recognition because a lot of people, including myself, thought that the rematch wasn't warranted right off the bat. I mean, a great fight, obviously, but we wanted to see Carlos Sparza fight Rose Namunas, at least most of us did. Um, Israel Desanya versus Marvin Vittori, worth mentioning. Colby Covington versus Kamaru Usman was something that happened for a very long time. In the end, I went with Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. I don't love this pick, but because it got so heated post-second fight leading up to the trilogy and even the stuff after the trilogy, like that was an intense rivalry. And also the other thing that I consider here is like, what is the biggest box office, right? Like, what makes the most amount of money for the UFC? What is getting people excited? What's getting people to buy pay-per-views? What's getting people, you know, to click on things, to watch things, to engage with things on social media? That rivalry was a thing for a very long period of time. Now, it's not so much of a thing right this moment, but even, like, at the end of the year, Dustin's talking about Connor, and Connor's talking about Dustin. I'll tell you this much, though. While in the end... I gave the award to Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. Can I tell you guys the one that I really debated giving out to? Because when you think about something that stood the test of time, that was a presence and dominant as far as headlines, as far as chatter, as far as intensity is concerned, and you're going to roll your eyes, and I don't care if you do, it's Jake Paul versus Dana White. It's Jake Paul versus Hmm. the sport of MMA. That was a rivalry. That was a thing. Um, But It's, it's funny you say that. That might be our pick, <laughs> my pick, at least for 2022. For now, though, I'm giving it to Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor. Why? Is that your pick? Jake you Paul
0: versus MMA. Yeah. Conor, Nate, Dana, Jorge, Askren, yeah. Woodley, on and on and on and on. It could be nothing else but Jake Paul versus MMA. And yeah. Dana White is probably the most um, significant at the moment. But every single time Jake Paul comes up, it's in the context of MMA fighters and fans talking about him, uh, boxing much, much less so. Uh, It is Jake Paul versus MMA. It's
1: exclusively at this juncture in MMA story. Correct. Exclusively. Like, he does something, he says something. It's not even talked about in the sport of boxing. And they have their own issues. It is, but not to this extent. Not to this extent. Yeah, I know, like, you know, ESPN gave it the knockout and everyone got upset about that. But for the most part, like, all the stuff after the fights, not related to the actual action itself, is almost exclusively MMA. And I actually wanted to ask you guys about this before we get to GC's pick here, unless GC's pick is Jake Paul versus
2: MMA as well. It's Jake Paul versus MMA. Is it really? I mean, dude, he had a in sync. You, you botched it. No, okay, you
1: there you go. It. That's why I wanted to ask. Jake Paul, look, there, there was a part of me that wanted to do that as well, but I guess you can say, was there a payoff? Yes, he fought Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley. It feels still somewhat ongoing He didn't get the guys that he wanted in the sense, like, he didn't fight Dana White. He didn't fight Conor It's a fine pick. Make no mistake about it. Did it generate the box office that Conor and Dustin did? No, right? From a gate and also pay-per-view standpoint, didn't. Um, But I just want to talk— It did all right. It did all right. Absolutely. And it captured the imagination. I find it so interesting. Two things are fascinating to me right now with this story, which, again, is an MMA story. And if you don't think it's an MMA story, you're completely off your rocker. This guy, while he is fighting MMA fighters, is advocating, right, whether his pure intentions are to truly inspire change or not, what he is publicly advocating is for positive things for fighters, right? And yet, you see the fans shitting on this guy left and right. You see the fans not supporting him. And it, 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 when I see well, this, I think to myself, like, what is it about this guy that you don't like that he is saying or doing? If you don't support at least what he is saying, not who is saying it, the notion behind what he is saying, fighter pay increasing, benefits, all that stuff, it makes me wonder like, are you a fan of fighting? Are you a fan of fighters? Or are you just a fan from a selfish standpoint of let me sit back on my Saturday night with my wings and my beer and my DraftKings and I don't give a crap about what happens to these guys in (laughs) five years? (laughs) No, but you know what I'm saying? It's like this guy is out here. And I'm starting to see more and more of Hey, oh, I'm sorry to like this guy and I don't love it. You know, he's making me like him, all that stuff. And then I sit back and I start to think about the people, like the most vocal dissenters of Jake Paul on social media. And especially when like things like this weekend happen. And this is what I came to the conclusion. And I want to see if you guys agree with me on this. A lot of the people who really vehemently despise Jake Paul and are very vocal about it on social media are younger people, right? Like, you get it from 25, 26, 27-year-olds, and I get messages like, you effing idiot. You talk about how dare you stoop to this level. I'm like, stoop to what level? Like, the guy is actually talking about things that are very important to fighters, and a lot of fighters, by the way, are rooting for Jake Paul. They just can't say it because they're under contract with the UFC, and I get that. I don't begrudge them for it. And I think the bottom line is this. A lot of these people grew up probably watching Jake Paul on Vine and YouTube, this scrawny you know, kid, schlubby kid on YouTube doing jackass light stunts and they can't even fathom the idea that he is pulling off these things on this level and they want to, almost out of jealousy and spite, hate on him because they were watching him in three second clips do these stupid stunts that I wasn't watching because it was Not really my demographic, but they were. And now they're like, man, Jake Paul's actually doing something. He's actually inspiring change. He's actually making it. And I feel like they can't quite give him the props for that. Am I wrong? Because I can't can't quite understand how you can actually hate on this guy who is advocating for
0: things (laughs) that are beneficial to the men and women that we love the fighters. I have some very detailed responses for this. Tell me. One, you're right to an extent, which is there are certain people who will hate him no matter what. But you're wrong in the sense that he makes himself actively hateable. He is trying to make you hate him and there are people who hate him. That How is he trying is, to that make is you hate him when he's putting out like a five-point you know, point document? Yeah, because it's also on the back of trolling posts and all these other things. The, if you are – if you, the same way they are ignoring and, and pushing the aside the things that he is doing to try and enact positive change, you are equally, if you're saying that this is not happening, pushing aside the things that he's doing just to be a troll, just to – it, it, you know, rile up things and just to make himself actively hateable. It's part of his brand. It is the it is the Floyd Mayweather model. He is he is not making himself a hero. Uh, he is doing some things that is raising attention for things, but he is he is a troll. He is actively trolling and has been a troll. So the he cultivates that. It's it's intentional. It's not just. Look at me. I'm a hero. I'm a shining light. And people are like, oh, wow, I can't get behind him because he's a Disney kid. There are some people like that, but he's also actively trolling. Secondarily, I think the reasons why it's easier to pick apart the things that he's advocating for are a it's self-serving um, at the end of the day. Yes, he can be talking about the right things, but he it's always wrapped and and couched in the idea that he is doing this because it helps him and he's trying to do things for himself. Uh B, it's unrealistic. None of these things are actually going to come to fruition. The challenge to Dana White won't come true. There's okay, no. actual... I could give actual- you,
1: I could give you point A, but point B is not fair to him. Like if if. If you don't shoot for the moon, if you don't try for things, you, like yeah. it's not
0: on him that it's unrealistic. It's I'm not on saying the other it's side. his fault, but I'm saying that that's an easy reason to dismiss it, right? If you, if nobody believes that that's really going to happen, it's a very easy thing to then say, okay, this falls into a different bucket. It's not real, um, and the fighters don't advocate it for it themselves. Like Jake Paul seemingly is the only one talking about it, right? We if know all why, of a sudden though. other fighters started coming out and saying hey, I be, I agree with what Jake Paul's saying, then it becomes more real and there could be credence to it. But because it's not, because it's only coming from him and it goes back to, A, it's only self-serving, or not only self-serving, mostly self-serving because that's what he's after, um, then it becomes easy to, to dismiss. Um, so yeah, it, he is saying the right things or he's trying to advocate for the right things, but I think it's always going to be couched in in who the messenger is. That matters a lot. Um, and he is somebody who has very much come from the model of trying to be polarizing, not um, the shining light, not the example to to hold up. So um, I think you're right that there's noble intent as well, and I think there should be people supporting it. But until that happens, he is the one delivery method for that, and he's not a likable person from that perspective. He he wants to be hated and loved. What do you both. think, GC?
2: So, I tend to agree with you in the fact that, like, there's like a roadblock in people's mind that he's always just dumbed down to YouTube star, Mm -hmm. Disney Channel star. He's just a joke. He's not serious. Like, I I feel like that makes him more easy to dislike for people. They just view him as a joke. They can't see this as being serious. He's got five pro fights now. At what point, how many fights does he have to do where it transitions to, like, that's what he used to do? And now he's an actual fighter. Like, I guess it's just he has to box a boxer. That's, like, the classic excuse. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's just a. He's just such a a topic that people feel so strongly about. That's why I chose him as the rivalry because anytime anything comes no, out about pick. him, it's just like yep. it. Just everyone has an opinion on it one way or another, whether you like him or not. I kind of fall into the category as you. I mean, I I respect his game and and what he does. I mean, he's he's making a lot more money than me. So
1: well, he's he's a disruptor, right? And people use that word, but like he was a disruptor online, as was his brother, to an even greater extent. And now he's disrupting the fight game. And to me, ultimately, whether you like him or not, whether you think he's genuine or not, the one thing that just drives me nuts in all of this, it's just one thing, really, it's when people dismiss it or dismiss him as being a non-MMA story. If you don't consider this guy right now, yes, it's sort of like you saying, like, Anderson's a non No, of course, not only is he fighting MMA fighters these days, everything he's talking, like, he's not trying to
0: change anything in the world of boxing, Right, he's talking about changing mm, things kind, in the world of Amanda. Yes, I know, kind of, but like you think, even give him credit there because he's putting Amanda Serrano in the hundred percent, the co-main event. So even there, he's he's trying. He has some noble intent for a- sure, absolutely. And
1: uh, you know, it's interesting that Dana. So Dana comes out. The thing about Dana is, and and I I also see people saying like, oh, you get excited about this because he's beefing with Dana. I, I couldn't like we're, we're doing a. A freaking award show here. Ninety-eight percent of our picks are UFC related. Ninety-eight percent of my guests are UFC related. It's a it's a tired, lame, you know, BS excuse. Whatever. Think whatever you want. What's interesting is he start, like if it was just insult, insult, and in, like I don't even love that stuff, right? When he's making fun of looks and all, like to me, when you're actually bringing up stuff that are worth bringing up, like fight or pay, revenue sharing, all that, and it becomes a topic of conversation, right? On a Saturday in January, in the midst of, you know, the NFL and all this stuff, like, what, what's on the MMA fighting social page? We're talking about fight or pay, right? And I know it's a, it's, a, it's a dull moment in the sport because there's no events, all that stuff, but when that's a topic of conversation, when it's raising awareness, when it's starting to creep out and people are like, oh, look at Jake Paul talking about this, that to me is a win, Right? And Dana's gimmick is Dana, Dana has the same, you know, repertoire of fifth grade insults that he's been using since 2004. He'll call you goofy. He'll call you a goofball. He'll, he'll make fun of you, all this stuff. And he's never answering to the things. As unrealistic as they may be, he's never really addressing the stuff that Jake is, is coming up. He's saying, oh, you know, steroid. He's, he's, the only thing he's answering is the cocaine accusation, right? Which, again... I wish that stuff – that almost clouds the other stuff, to your point. But if at some point, if this escalates, if this continues to to, to build, and the, the topic of fight or pay continues to be brought up, and at some point they bite, and I don't think they will, it's a fascinating thing. And then on Saturday, when Dana puts out his video and finally brings up the topic that I keep bringing up that people seem to ignore – The guy behind him, the guy beside him, Nikisa Bedarian, not his attorney. He wasn't his former—like, Dana loves to do this, right? Oh, he was my attorney. He wasn't the attorney—excuse me, attorney, accountant. He called him his accountant, Um, former UFC accountant. He was a CFO. He was the chief financial officer of the UFC when they were sold for $4.025 billion when they cut the deal with uh, Reebok and USADA and all that stuff. He was a massive, massive part of that company. Um, He's trying to just, you know, diminish him and belittle him. And it's the same way when he talks about Hunter Campbell, he calls him my attorney. He's not his attorney. He's the chief legal counsel of the UFC. He's one of the most important people. Even when he talks about the matchmakers, he says, my guys, he doesn't really give them the props. That's his MO. I just find it fascinating that now he brought this guy out who, let's be honest, of course he has a lot to do with all this and he's giving him the insight, but Jake Paul could be shining a light on a lot of different things right now in a lot of different places, on a lot of different sports, in a lot of different platforms and avenues. He's talking about MMA fighter pay, a topic that we've been talking about for a long time. I say freaking please do all the other crap. Troll as much as you want. You keep talking about this. How is this not a win? If you don't love fighters, you don't care about this. If you care just a little bit about these men and women and more importantly about their futures, how are you not in support of what he's talking about? And it has nothing to do with whose side you're on. It's like, of course we want these men and women to make more and to be better set up for the future. And so that's ultimately what I care about here. I don't yeah. care what the means is. I don't care who the messenger is. The fact that we're talking about fighter
0: pay on this large of a scale and platform is a win for MMA. You you can like the message without liking the messenger, and I and I think that's right, but... People have a hard time deciphering there, there's that. There's a reality that none of this will change unless the fighters take ownership of it. That, oh, that's it, it's just the, the same, reality.
1: It's the same re- – like when we used to do the MMA beat and every week we're talking about fighter pay. And it's like, you know, there was and that period three years ago when no one would raise u- their unionization hand. Unionization and yeah. things.
0: Yeah. And so th- it will be interesting to see when, when this Jake Paul thing is done and there is a shelf life on this and this will actually be done um, if he c- continues to talk about this. The one thing Dana did address – is hey if you think you can do it better, do it. So I think Jake Paul has the means to do it. Let's see what happens uh, when know if he's he has done the boxing. Means to do it. He he seems he has his own promotion now. Yeah, he has, as you know, a promotion in
1: boxing is much different than a promotion in MMA. All, like you can all I'm saying is, you, can, you know, he's doing this Eddie Hearn fight, Amanda Serrano, Katie Taylor. Like that's not his promotion, right? Like he has one fighter under his banner. It's a
0: just it's a totally different structure. Yeah, and listen, it starts somewhere. The same way this fighter pay conversation starts somewhere. He is right now. He's just advocating, right? He's just talking about it. He's just being a voice for it. He's disrupting. He's disrupting. Let's see what happens when he's done boxing. Let's see what happens when he's done fighting. Maybe he will be the one to try to change the system. Maybe he will be the one that is that is offering another outlet. There have been others that have tried before and it has not changed. And I think that is because the fighters have not bought in and they have not tried to do it. Let's see. Maybe he can do it. But MMA fans until just, now they just always I, I can't
1: believe like what other sports like imagine being a Nick fan and and siding with James Dolan, you know what I mean? Like, yeah,
0: there's a there's a bit of a territorial ownership yeah. versus versus players thing going on, but um, no, there's no doubt that the, that the message is the right one. I think separating the messenger from the message is hard, and also again, it seems to only come from one person. Like it's not that this message is being spread by a lot of people, and he's just one it is him. He's the one who's who's doing it solely. So, until other people kind of take ownership of it and and buy into it, it will it will be that way, I think.
2: GC is is Jake Paul fighting in 2023? Wow. In 2023, that's a yeah. <laughs> that's a tough question. I thought you were going to just throw 2022. I'm going to say yeah, he is. I'm going to say that he continues fighting. And I feel like Dana White kind of just like took the bait with that video our guy mm-hmm. Jed Mashue before, you know, uh, Jake Paul even responded he was just like Dana is just falling for this trap because yeah. then Jake responds you know with a curated edited like content created yeah. oh, video ne- yeah you'll never win like, in that it's, battle like, you can't win in that battle and uh, yeah I mean I also just want to say shout out to Amanda Serrano Frank uh, Mysterious Frank's 2021 Female Fighter of the Year so. wow <laughs> why is that awesome
1: you just love Amanda Serrano yeah cool shoes awesome performance yeah you watched that fight I did what did you think of my performance it was good thanks appreciate it um what a story i I just the one thing i urge is just like this is an mma story guys it's not going away and of course the fights and the fighters and the events but you have a guy who is this well known outside of the world of mma talking about a very serious topic he's not talking about like oh i want to fight conor mcgregor like that's fine you can dismiss that for whatever reason You know, the hill he is choosing to battle on right now is the fight or pay hill. And I think that's fascinating. And to all you people that say we're biased over here, that there's an anti-UFC agenda, I got two words for you. And that's it. It's quite simple. Look at the content. Look at what we're doing. Look at what we've devoted our lives to here. And that's covering the great sport of MMA and covering the UFC in particular in the most positive light possible. And part of doing that in a fair and honest and unbiased way is sometimes talking about the not-so-good stuff. And that has nothing to do with an agenda or being – that's just being real. That's just not worrying about, you know, getting a phone call if you say something chewing you out. Because I can assure you there's a lot of people in this business who aren't real, who don't tell it like it is, who don't bring up the sometimes uncomfortable things because they're afraid of that phone call. I was one of them. So I'm speaking from experience. But now we have independent Alwani and you know how that goes. All right. Uh, Enough about all of that rivalry. Congratulations to all the winners. (laughs) Uh, Let's move along now. Story of the year. Story of the year is a very interesting one. Uh, And it kind of, uh, it kind of blends into what we just talked about. You can go with both. Uh, There were a lot of ones that you can talk about. You could talk about Khabir or Magomedov officially retiring and, How big of a deal? Again, I'm looking for a story that didn't just happen and go away, right? Didn't come out of nowhere and go away. One that had, you know, some kind of um, presence over the weeks and months of 2021. So, Habib, will he, won't he, will he, won't he? Uh, Diaz coming back, will he, won't he, will he, won't he? That was a big one. Uh, Connor's always a story and his comeback and then the loss and then the comeback and then the, the injury and all that other stuff. Um, the Francis Ngannou story, a big one, right? Him winning the title and then all the other stuff with the UFC. The Glover Teixeira story, uh, a big one, but just kind of lived in its own silo. Uh, the return of fans was a big one. In the end, you know what's my story of the year, guys? Jake Paul versus MMA. <laughs> because wow. that to me, that, that to me was a story... That didn't necessarily need the payoff, but
0: it's one that started at the beginning so, of the year. And so ended. did we did we not pick it for rivalry of the year for that purpose? Cause basically you had it here. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. When um, I was looking at yes, when I was looking
1: at rivalry, I, I was looking for a fight. I was looking yeah. for something that had somewhat of a payoff. And look, you can make a case that Jake Paul versus MMA had a payoff with Tyron Woodley and Ben Askren. I think so. Um but I'm talking about a story that dominated the headlines, that dominated social media, that dominated all our
2: conversation, Jake Paul versus MMA. Do you see? Yeah, well, I took that as my rivalry, so that's a good pick for you. You mentioned, though, Glover Teixeira. I know you said it was in a silo, but to me, I don't think that the story had to be going across the entire year. It was just an individualized story that I just thought was incredible. And I mean, that was Glover. He's been in the UFC for a decade. He, he's come close, but he was never able to achieve a, being a champion. And entering 2019... He was two and three in his last five fights. He was 39 years old. I mean, he was an opening on main cards for sure. fight nights. Like, he, he hadn't been on a pay-per-view since 2017. I mean, he was below Paige Van Zant and Greg Hardy, for God's sakes. And here he is beating Jan as a big underdog. He's been cashing as, as a big underdog a lot of lately. And now he is the light heavyweight champion of the world. I mean, it's just incredible. And to happen to a great guy, too. I mean, he's, he's super easy to root for because of who he is. That might come up in our feel-good moment of the year as
0: well. Uh, <laughs> transition. Uh, well, you know, that's why we category did it like to this. Category. This is why
1: we did it like this. Uh,
0: Mr. New york uh, The impact, the continued impact of COVID-19, whether it be fighters dropping out of fights, whether it be fighters taking opportunities to fight more frequently, whether it be fans returning, whether it be fans absent, UFC stuck at the apex, every single thing this year has been impacted by that. We talk, I gave Yair Rodriguez my comeback fighter of the year. He lost five family members. There is just a, a a print a, a thumbprint a shadow yeah. of COVID-19 over this this past year um and and it continues to be the story and it will continue to be the story in 2022 uh, I do not see that changing so that continues to be the story obviously I'm not you know not tugging at the heartstrings here I am not um picking something that I want to continue but th- this was undoubtedly the story of 2021 for me um <sighs> Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, you, you mentioned Habib being officially done-done. You know, obviously, October was his last fight. Last uh, October of last year was his last fight. But not only being done-done, but starting a promotion. That's interesting, I mm-hmm. think, for Habib. And then Jake Paul versus MMA is certainly something I had on my list. And how about um, John Jones moves up and sits out? John <laughs> yeah. Jones move, moves up to heavyweight and isn't fighting at all in 2021. And now we're, you know, looking ahead to 2022. And maybe he'll fight. Maybe he won't. Um But I thought that was obviously a significant movement in the sport. Yeah, and also, um,
1: you know, his his run-in once again with the law. Um, You could also give a a nod to Khabib, the coach, transitioning in honor of his father to uh, becoming a great coach. Uh, Francis Ngannou, like I said, was a great story. Charles Oliveira, worth mentioning as well. Finally climbing the hill, a fantastic story. Uh, Glover got a lot of love from the people. And by the way, the people, what did I... was my um wait 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 for it wait for it the people gave did i give uh a, a nod yeah i i said that the people picked poor McGregor for rivalry right yes yeah. yeah um so yes uh the people let me go back yes the people give uh, Brandon moreno some love they gave Juliana Pena with her massive win over Amanda Nunes love they gave Jake Paul this- love Chris Curtis the crowds, Dan Hooker's travel issues and all that. Uh, Hiawani versus Shab, I don't know what they're talking about there with that one.
0: (laughs) These ones are so hard because so many of them are also feel good. You know, like when you pick the individualized moments and fighters, it's so hard. Um, But uh, I I think, you know, all worthy, all worthy for sure. And again, we're such bad
1: guys. We're so biased. We're so negative. Uh, We have a feel good moment of the year. And so let's transition to that. Um, feel good moment of the year to me is, I mean, again, as New York Rick said, we may have mentioned it already. It's a moment where you're like, man, that was awesome. And it gives you the feels and you feel all good inside and you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And honestly, this is one of my toughest because there's so many great ones. Anderson Silva winning against Julio Cesar Chavez was a feel good moment. I was sitting there with a massive smile on my face, just so happy for the guy. Glover Teixeira winning. What's, what's a better feel good moment than that, Right. The reason I don't go with Glover, by the way, which I know was a lot of people's uh, pick, is that it came at the expense of another great guy, Jan Bakhovich. And so, like, part of me was actually sad for Jan, while also very happy for Glover to share. Um, what about that moment between Robbie Lawler and Nick Diaz, right after their fight, where they they uh, you know they kind of hugged it out, and, and Robbie's like, "Are you good, man? Are you good? Like, if you need anything, that's a feel good moment right there." Um, while also somewhat of a depressing moment, Chris Curtis and his great moment. Oh, we didn't get to it just yet. Uh we've uh yep, Chris Curtis with his great moment uh and coming uh uh Chris Barnett with his great moment after uh the big win over um, John Volante at Madison Square Garden. Uh Francis Ngannou, Dustin Poirier offering to donate 20k. And by the way, he is making good on that because he asked me to link him up with Charles's people. So that was a great moment after his loss, Charles Oliveira. Finally getting the belt. Great moment. Brandon Moreno, great moment. But when I saw this moment, when I saw that moment, that three-second moment, and you have to be a longtime fan of the sport, and the moment, in case you're listening, is back in September. George St. Pierre is in the locker room just as a coach, just as a training partner. Nick Diaz is also in the locker room. And these two guys who at one point did not see eye to eye, who were not on the same page, Nick hated GSP, and GSP felt a certain way about a lot of the things that Nick was accusing him of. Right before Nick's return, that we all felt a certain way about, that we all had mixed emotions and feelings about, did he want to be there, did he not want to be there, for him to see that guy, George, and for them to shake hands, and for George to give him that wink, I'm talking about it right now, and I'm getting chills just thinking about it what those two guys have meant to this sport and they come from such different places different mindsets different mentalities for them to sort of bury the hatchet and shout out to the ufc cameras for capturing that moment it it put me in such a good mood and it made me feel so good about the sport and about life and about burying the hatchet and about moving on and letting bygones be bygones because they both could hold grudges. They both could hate each other. They both could have created a scene. They, who knows? I love that moment. I love that moment so much. I watch it over. I just love the, the subtle wink, the handshake, the greeting, the fact that Nick is the one that comes up to him, that George isn't quite sure. There's so much that happens in that two, three-second stretch. It's just beautiful. So my feel-good moment of the year is Nick Diaz and George St. Pierre coming together for that handshake before Nick's return back in September. An absolute amazing moment. One of my favorites in recent MMA history. GC?
2: That one's hard to disagree with. I mean, it's it was kind of surprising to see, especially on the night at 266. So everything you just said, I agree with. For me, I'm going to go with someone actually from Georgia, actually who fights Out of Athens, Georgia, it recently happened at UFC 268. Chris Barnett winning, doing the front flip, everything he had to say about John Vellante afterward. He comes on the MMA Hour. The dude just oozes positivity. No one can find a bad word to say about him. I mean... He, he just seems like someone that if he's in your life, he, he's a positive light. He's a beacon of positivity. Um, and, you know, it's just hard to be in a bad mood after hearing the guy talk. And then, you know, the way he gets the win and, you know, moving up in his career, uh, it it was just awesome to see. So my feel-good moment was Chris Barnett winning at uh, UFC 268. Love it. You're quick. Yeah, these are great ones, um, really
0: great ones. I picked Anderson Silva's year, wow. all of it, just all that, of it. I mean, <laughs> this is, is the rich. way you do it. That is rich after this, all that. This I is mean, the way you is do amazing. it. That is amazing. I not an MMA story. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, no, no. Time that out. Is amazing. Time out. This is Time out. Did not say it wasn't okay. an MMA story. not see Said the irony that when you're in picking this? the fighter... You're picking the fighter, I mean, the sport on. that Anderson Silva does not participate in, and let me tell you why. How about this? Let me let me break it down for you. So yeah, he had two boxing wins. You know what else he did? Now you're had advocating a nice, for Anderson Silva. You know Please, what else he did? Keep going. You know what yes. else he did? Yes, he had a nice reunion with MMA fighter Chris Weidman. Oh, how about was great. that? That was great. Yeah. That was is, that, that was, is that MMA enough for you? That was great. How that about was that, great podcast, Ariel? Yeah. How, about, how about the Won't thought, the down. justification that goes into this? He had, yeah. the, he had the reunion with Chris that's Weidman. Why it's my yeah, this is not willy nilly. This is not all willy nilly. This is not no, all willy nilly. Right. <laughs> I love it. Uh, another one along the same lines. Uh, I mean, Anderson Silva, um, his boxing wins great, but for me, it was really more the Weidman. And him thing because of yeah, the, the devastating injury that Chris had suffered and him having done it so many years earlier in that fight. I mean, it was just incredible the 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 moment there that they shared um, on Weidman's podcast. Um, uh, shout out to Troy also on that, right? Like, um, Yeah, TST. TST. Um, another one along the lines of the Nick DSGSP. I would argue better. I would argue more significant and we got more of it. Uh, Michael Bisping and Luke Rockhold burying the hatchet yeah but you know I spoke about that one that one actually bothers me that they buried the hatchet yeah I think that's the one I think that's the one
1: feels like the whole thing was just
0: you know Um, but yes Anderson Silva it was Anderson Silva in the category he belongs uh what 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 a feel-good moment for for that man
1: the people gave it to Glover becoming champion shout out to Glover Uh, they also gave it to Brandon Moreno second place Brandon Moreno uh, a nod to Dustin Poirier with the 20,000 after the loss to Charles, which is just an incredible thing. I mean, just to, ha- to have the presence of mind in that moment to want to do that is just amazing. Um, Rose winning the belt back in April and I'm the best, I'm the best. Great. Uh, Colby breaking character gets some love, you know, with Kamar Usman saying, you know, I was just trying to sell. I don't know. You know felt a little weird about all of that. Also, Dan that really I kind of ruined the moment from being honest. Uh, Chris Barnett. Shout out to GC. Juliana Pena becoming champion. A great moment. Justin Poirier beating Conor McGregor twice gets a nod. Um, the Nick Diaz stuff with Robbie Lawler gets a nod. Anderson Silva gets a nod. Uh, Derek Lewis throwing his cup into the crowd gets a nod as well. And uh, a nod to... Uh, Helwani and Luke Thomas Wait, can we, together. Can we yeah, go that was, back? That was a great
0: moment. Yeah. That was a great moment. Can we go back for Wait, a second? Which one, De- the cup or the Derek cup, Lewis okay. throwing his cup into the crowd was a feel good moment. Yeah. Unless you're that guy who caught it for I'm, for for some reason caught it. I, I don't understand the the thought process there. How could you vote for that? Like uh, what? Some weird uh, people out there. God bless. Uh, I mean, if anything, maybe you know Derek Lewis's win over Dawkins and and uh, you know the stuff he said about that, but. The cup? I mean, wow. Weird.
1: Uh, Nunez and uh, Pena's kids hugging before their fight also gets a nod mm-hmm. as oh, yeah, well. That's a great one. Uh, one of my favorite categories, feel-good moment. All right, only four left. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And let's go to what I thought was my easiest. This was my easiest one. There was no doubt about this one in my mind. Um, And I'm actually surprised that anyone would vote for anything other than this. We'll go now to round of the year. One of my favorite rounds uh, not only of this year, but of all time, this one was super easy for me. It was round three. It was Brian Ortega versus Alexander Volkanovsky. I'm watching that round, and I don't know how Volkanovski is getting out of the uh, the guillotine, the triangle, coming back, and then winning the fight. I mean, like I, I just remember the guillotine and thinking. I don't know if I've ever seen anything. I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen like the human spirit and will overcome something on this type of stage. Like that man cannot breathe in that moment. And he's about to lose everything. He's about to go all the way down the pay scale and the rankings and all that. And he's about to lose his title and he's about to go home to Australia to his family. Uh, depressed and empty-handed, and he somehow got out of that. I mean, just look at the legs, look at the arm, look at the neck, look at the chin, just look all... I mean, that's as clean as it gets. And he somehow gets out of it, and then he gets himself in a triangle choke, and he somehow gets out of that. And that's that's Ortega's finishing maneuver. That's like Undertaker hitting the tombstone in 1991. You don't get out of that. And he did. And so, to me, that was a no-brainer. Uh, Volkanovski-Ortega, round three, Shout-out to Gechi Chandler, round one. Shout-out to Marab Shwili, Marlon Marais, round one. Shout-out to Juliana Pena, Amanda Nunes, round two. Yuri Prochaska, Dominic Reyes, round two. Oliver Poirier, round one. Oliver Chandler, round one. Um, Diaz Edwards, round five. And on and on it goes. But to me, no-brainer of the entire award show, round three, Ortega Volkanovsky, New York, Rick?
0: No-brainer. Volkanovski-Ortega round
2: three.
1: Yeah. Incredible. Round three. GC, hey,
2: So I, I'm actually going to disagree. Ah! Uh, yeah. this, this What? This, this, one, this one was really tough for me. I went back and forth the entire time because, I mean, Volk-Ortega round three, I was like squirming around my apartment because I had Volkanovski. I mean, it was an absolutely insane round, but it might just be recency by it, but... Nunez Peña round two just you know, yeah. we've talked about the stakes, the pace that it was going at the time, the commentary crew going absolutely insane, the fact that either one of them could drop at any second, and then the fact that Peña is the one that ends up getting the finish and getting the win there. I mean, I I've rewatched it probably five or six times and each time it's it's just as crazy. It's just three minutes. Like that's if you want, you know, obviously you can show that that round if you're showing non MMA fans a, a round to watch, but I mean that one right there, to to have the goat Dethroned in that way. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was insane for me. So I'll take uh, Nunez Pena round two as my round of the year. All right. Well, look at that. Just a face of disgust. I mean, your, yeah, you're I mean, your automatic no brainer.
0: That's just, that's just not it. It's uh, just not uh, it. I show sure respect. Yeah, look, Pichy G- G- Chandler round one could be up there. That's that's okay. This this one.
2: These are co- these are coming from the guys. It's a simple right hand to photo of the year, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then right. completely berating you on Anderson Silva comeback fighter <laughs> that's right. to again. We feel good picking, story of we the year. Pick, the we were picking
0: MMA fighters in that category. Different <laughs> feel a good moment. Feel um, a good moment. I respect um, the people
1: different. showed a lot of love to Volkanovski or Ortega round three. That's yeah. their number one choice. Number two, uh, Gechi Chandler round one. Uh, Maradwale Shfieli, Maral round one. Pena gets a nod. Gets a nod at uh, number four here. Projasca Reyes, Oliveira Poirier, Oliveira Chandler, uh, Gregor Gillespie, Diego Fejera. Oh, yeah. Uh, Diaz Edwards, Holloway Cater, Luke Woodley. That was a fun one, round one. Uh, Gachi Chandler, round three also, and the uh, Patty Pimblet debut. yeah, Round three? Huh. Yeah. I
0: thought that was one of the worst ones.
1: Um, all right, so that's round of the year. And sometimes round of the year and fight of the year can be somewhat... Um, redundant, right? Because it could be the same. In uh, in my case, I am happy to report that while I debated this one heavily, it wasn't redundant for me. And I've actually seen a lot of interesting choices for uh, fight of the year. This is obviously a big one. I mean, we're coming down to the nitty gritty here. It's fight of the year. It's female fight of the year. It's fighter, male fighter of the year. These are the three big ones. Um, and so let's talk about fight of the year. A lot of great fights this year. A lot of great moments. Olivera Poirier was a great fight. Nunez Pena was a great fight. Uh, Rafael Faziev against Bobby Green was a great fight. Uh, Miguel Baeza, Santiago Panzanibio great fight. Brad Riddell, Drew Dober, great fight. Yuri Prochaska, Dominic Reyes, great fight. Shane Burgos against Etza Barbosa, fun fight. Sanhagen Yan, fun fight. Sanhagen Dillashaw, fun fight. Holloway Rodriguez, fun fight. In the end, to me, it came down to two. It came down to two. Volkanovsky ortega was an incredible title fight, but I had to give the nod to Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. What a way to kick off that pay-per-view, UFC 268, Madison Square Garden, that first round. Again, the first round was one of the the rounds that I was considering for round of the year. I pretty much went back and forth with those two awards and those two fights. Um, But in terms of a three-round fight that the entire time... Look, if you're going to give it to Volkanovsky ortega I don't hate you. To me, it's a two-horse race. I gave it to Gaethje Chandler because I wanted to show them some love, and that first uh, round was incredible. The whole thing was damn incredible. Uh, the, the, I, I just remember afterwards feeling spent emotionally watching that. So Gaethje Chandler, my fight of the year, UFC 268, November,
2: Madison Square Garden. GC? Yeah, it's it's hard to disagree with. I mean, it was entertaining from from the very second the fight started. I'm glad to know that you don't hate me because I am going to be taking uh, Volkanovsky, Ortega, uh, as the fight of the year in this one, um, like you guys just mentioned, the round three was insane. A lot of people when when this is one, has won fight of the year on other award shows, I've I've seen people you know disagree because they say that it was so one sided for Volkanovski. But I just think the potential of Ortega finishing at any second, like we saw in that round three, that he could end it at any moment, get get in a choke and finish it, kept it interesting all the way to the end. I thought it was you know just a fantastic fight from start to finish. The the heart that was shown by by Volkanovski, Ortega as well on the other side. I mean. It for me, it was my favorite fight of the year. I enjoyed every second of it. So I'll go Volkanovski Ortega for fight of the year. I, I listen, tremendous fight. And honestly, historically, I usually go in that
1: regard because of the uh, the stakes, the title, and all that. Mm-hmm. And I you know tough one. I I really debated this one. I I, I feel strongly that it's a two horse race. I, hmm. I I feel strongly in uh, what is that? Do I hear a snicker there?
0: Interesting. Yeah, really, it might get changed right now. Two horse race, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw some other fracosta uh, awards. Oh, I've got,
0: I've got the number uh, here, one. Yeah, let's hear it. I can't it's wait Jan for versus Sandhagen, actually. It's 100% Jan versus Sanhagen. Get out of town. He won all those four rounds afterwards. I Time out. Oh, wait wait a minute. Are we going to pretend that Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler wasn't one-sided? Time out. I completely agree with Rick here. Mm. Are we going to pretend that that wasn't a beatdown by Justin Gaethje? Ah. Excuse me.
2: From like two minutes into the second round, you knew Gaethje won the fight. Do you have any defense
0: to to present? Listen, it's up there. Because I'll tell you what. Jan versus Sanhagen was a lot closer fight and a lot more technical. The round three... By by the midpoint of round two, Justin Gaethje was in no more danger in that fight. I'm sorry to to burst people's bubble. That was not the fight of the year. I know MMA fighting uh, panelists voted for it. Our website voted for it. That was not the fight of the year. Justin Gaethje from halfway forward was in no danger. Now, I will say, I don't need it to be a back and forth war for me to pick it. In fact, I had Volkanovski versus Ortega as my number two. Um, because, again, I, the what I'm looking for is a, is for that fight to be memorable. Mm-hmm. Volkanovski-Ortega was memorable. Holloway-Cater uh, was memorable. If it, Again, one-sided but memorable because of the performance that Max had. Holloway-Rodriguez, which I believe you mentioned as a fun fight, but then earlier in the show said was completely one-sided and not yeah, good. Yeah, listen, and, it was still and be a those fun things. fight. It still uh, be a fun uh, fight. Sand, Sandhagen and Dillashaw, another one that was underrated. I think um, I, I mentioned this up top. Sandhagen deserves a lot of credit for the performances he had against Dillashaw and he had against Jan, uh, both losing efforts. But for somebody who had lost that way, he lost to Aljamain Sterling, then uh, built back up with the with the win over um, Edgar and Morais To be in those spots and put on those performances, which I think were close both fights, I think he was in both fights, um, to me says a lot about Corey Sanhagen and where he stands and the people that are backing him as a future champion, I believe yourself included in that, in that uh, group, um, are right that he has that potential, that he can be up there. Uh, for me, Jan versus Sanhagen was the best technical fight we saw at the highest level uh, and, and was competitive. I don't agree with you that um, yeah, it was one-way traffic there. Uh, that, that was the best fight.
1: Well, uh, the people agree with me. They gave the nod to uh, Gaethje Chandler. By a pretty wide margin, number two, Volkanovski-Ortega, which, again... There's still a part of me that wants to give it to them because it was just such a great fight. Number three, Holloway Rodriguez. Number four, Yan. Number five, uh, Holloway Cater, Burgos Barbosa Pochaska Reyes Brad Riddell, Drew Dober and on and on it goes. So that's fight of the year. Uh, listen, it's a great year when you can debate this passionately about what was the best fight and it's not uh, you know an easy pick. Uh, I still maintain it was a two horse race. Uh, New York Rick disagrees. All right, two more to go and these are the big ones. Can we get some music here? Uh, mr. Uh, mr. Frank I know I'm springing this upon you I mean but I feel like this is big let's reset here for a moment it's been a great uh, award show uh, we have handed out 24 awards we have gone three hours right at the three hour mark here we are guys uh, I couldn't have uh, scripted this any better myself if I do say so myself but this is the big one this is the one that people will remember until the uh, the end of time they will remember who was the female. And Male Fighter of the Year. And uh, let's be honest, it wasn't the easiest year to pick these. Certainly not on the female side of things. And that's where we will begin. Because there were a lot of worthy char- uh, characters to uh, to give awards to this year in terms of uh, Female Fighter of the Year. You can obviously make a very strong case for uh, Rose Namajunas, right? Who went 2-0 and this year uh, and regained her title. She defeated the same person twice... So, you know, do you not want to give her the love there? Do you want to dock some points because the second fight was super close? That's on you. Valentina Shevchenko at this point is a mainstay when it comes to this uh, category, right? Uh, she is so dominant. And we, I almost feel like we overlook her dominance and we don't give her the love that she deserves because she is just so much better than the rest of the uh, female fighters at 125 pounds. Uh, some other... Uh, categories, or I, I should say fighters that deserve some love uh, that probably aren't getting the love that they deserve. Uh, Marina Rodriguez who went 3-0 and this year I think deserves a lot of love. I think uh, Chris Cyborg deserves some love. She was undefeated this year. I also think Kayla Harrison deserves some love. Uh, I know the competition isn't as stiff, but I think she deserves some love. In the end though again, I go back to the Venezuelan Vixen. 2-0 and A submission win over Sarah McMahon, tough, gritty wrestler, silver medalist, and then the win of all wins over the likes of Amanda Nunez. Again, I don't think that maybe she—I saw some other people not give it to her. Uh, The people, by the way, didn't give it to her. I'll tell you who they gave it to in a moment. But because it was January, December, it didn't feel as compact. If those two wins are a little closer, she probably gets a little more love. By the way, if they fight in August, maybe she fights a third time. In uh, in 2021, I got to give it to Juliana for the two finishes for the way in which 2020. Again, she could have won. Come back as uh, New York Rick said as well. Uh, what a huge year for Juliana Pena, my 2021 Female Fighter of the Year. GC,
2: I respect that pick two and all. Obviously, you beat the goat. That's a uh, great accomplishment for for me. You mentioned Marina Rodriguez. I actually considered going there three. Yeah, you know she might be able to fight for the title in 2022, but. I went with a different fighter in the same weight class. I went with Rose Namajunas. Uh, she gets the belt back, and then she gets the rematch. in what a lot of people said was just a fluke win. She gets the head kick. Is she going to be able to do it again? Vegas doesn't think she's going to. She's, she's the underdog again. She comes out, goes five rounds with, with Yong Wiley, gets the win, and uh, she retains the belt 2-0. So I will give it to Rose Namajunas for Female Fighter of the Year. It's a good one.
1: Uh, the reason why she maybe doesn't get the love that uh, you know that 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 look the people gave it to Rose and Um Man it came people. down to Rose and Juliana for me, and I was trying to okay two wins over the same person, fine. Um,
2: so that's what I kind of the thought second made win it was impressive. super close. Yeah, no, right for sure. Yeah, because she gets the you know, the, however short of a knockout it was within the first couple minutes of the first fight and then she goes five rounds and gets the win again. So she proved that it wasn't just a fluke to me. That's why I thought it was so impressive. All right, York, Rick? Yeah, both both worthy and then
0: you, you throw Valentina Shevchenko into the mix. For me, it was Juliana Pena. I think it, it's, to me, this is not very difficult. I'll be honest either. I think it's a strength of... Opposition thing. They all have two wins. Who had the better wins? And I don't think there's a win better than Amanda Nunes on anybody's resume. Let's just call that what it yeah. is. Like you can you can give a lot of credence to beating Zhang Weili or Jessica Andrade or Lauren Murphy. There is not a win better than Amanda Nunes on anybody's resume here. And then you throw in Sarah McMahon. It's it's the the best resume of the year. Like I get Valentina Shevchenko continuing to dominate, and there will be people who say the way she did it she dominated but dominating lauren murphy is not akin to dominating amanda nunes and then sarah mcmahon like there's just a difference in the level of opposition here um and it was juliana pena i i I have a hard time separating who she defeated um here and they all had two wins so worthy great year um for the for these champions but juliana pena was was the winner
1: yeah, it came down to uh, to Rose, Valentina, and Juliana for me. Uh, for the people, Rose won by a pretty uh, large margin. Uh, she came in at number one. Valentina, number two. Juliana, number three. How about that? Uh, then uh, Kayla Harrison, Tyler Santos, get some love. Casey O'Neill, get some yeah. love as well. And uh, Marina Rodriguez, get some love. A great year for women's MMA. Women's MMA continues to grow in uh In a very big way, and uh it's nice to see some parody right It's nice to not just see you know the same champions all the time the belt's changing hands um we'll see if Amanda could come back all that stuff and more so yeah. a, t- a tough one but uh i feel I feel pretty good about the venezuelan vixen by the way i i, I knew this was going to happen I see the um you know i see i see the trolls trying to tag Usman and all this stuff like you guys are such clowns, you guys are the biggest clowns of course I was kidding about the the right hand and the basement and all that stuff. I feel like I'm giving Usman a lot of love and I feel like I might just give him a little more love right now as well. And so without further ado, let us go to our final category of the night. Thank you. Thank you. I was waiting for, it it was a dramatic pause, Frankie. Thank you for that. Thank you for reading my mind. Male fighter of the year. Big one, tough one, tough one. Um, some really great years from a lot of great fighters. Shout out to Alex Volkanovsky. Shout out to Islam Makhachev. Shout out to Cyril Ghan, who had a massive year uh, and wins the interim title. Um, Shout out to Charles Oliveira. Dustin Poirier was in the mix until the final pay-per-view of the year, but unfortunately he loses that fight to Charles, who deserves a lot of love, who went 2-0 and climbed the mountain. But in the end, to me, relatively easy... My male fighter of the year 2021, the great Kamaru Usman, who has turned into one of the best fighters, not only um, in the sport today, but one of the best champions in UFC history. He is on the verge of beating Anderson Silva's record. He is on the verge of being in that conversation for greatest welterweight champion of all time alongside Anderson Silva, excuse me, George St. Pierre. He has come a hell of a long way in terms of his game, his repertoire, his fighting, his skills everything that he has in his arsenal. I mean, the three wins this year over Gilbert Burns, over Jorge Masvidal, over Colby Covington, three different opponents, three different worthy challengers, a murderer's row, if you will. um, And then shows the improved striking against Burns, shows the improved striking and power against Masvidal. Stands, in the face of Colby Covington and everyone thought would be his toughest test and is able to weather that storm as well. Just a phenomenal year from a guy who, let's be honest, I didn't know if he would turn into this, right? He wasn't one of those heralded NCAA champions and all this. Like, I didn't know if he would be this good. He was great and the ultimate fighter and, you know, undefeated for a long stretch and all that stuff. I didn't know if he would turn into this kind of fighter. The move to Colorado has proven to be massive for Kamaru Usman. Um, teaming up with Trevor Whitman, having a smaller team around him, the improved striking, all that stuff and more. What more can you say? A fantastic, incredible, amazing year. Uh, from Kamar Usman, who, by the way, worth mentioning as well, turning into a bit of a draw too, right? I mean, good numbers with Masvidal, good numbers with Colby. Of course, you need a good dance partner. We'll see how he does with Leon Edwards. But this man uh, is, is really coming into his own and uh, honestly could make history this year and could be right back in the same spot if you kind of forecast the year ahead could be in the same spot if everything goes to plan this time next year if you look at who his opponents are he could win all those fights he could be right back here next year going back to back so Kamaru Usman congratulations huge huge year for you New York Rick
0: yeah we're on the same page here it's it's Kamaru Burns Masvidal Covington that is that is a dangerous lineup right there and the way he got it done it's, it's hard for me to pick against Kamaru Usman and yeah. I did not
2: do you see yep Kamaru Usman 3-0 three, oh, three yeah. title defenses number one pound for I should have probably gone with female yeah. fighter last I mean this is just so anticlimactic here I mean it was an easy one <laughs> you,
0: you pay tribute to the king you bow yeah. and that's it Kamaru Smart. Smart. And so without further ado, let us say hello
1: now to Kamaru. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Imagine that. That would, I mean, <laughs> what an upset that would be. Huh? What an
0: upset. It'd be great. Um, you, you could tell them about how it's just the right hand, right? right to I speech. was going
1: to give a nod to uh, Derek Brunson showing up on the show being the story of the year. But uh, no, that would be nice. Um, but I, listen, the, <laughs> I mean, to, 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 to keep going back to this right hand, of course it was spectacular. Of course it was amazing. But it's just not Corey Sandhagen's flying knee. There has to be a winner, right? We're not here to play favorites, okay? And and maybe part of the reason why I didn't give him love there was because I was giving him love at the end of the show. How about that? Did you think of that? He's been highly decorated in the show. Let's yes. just say that. Highly recognized as well. A great year. And, uh, you know, you look, hopefully he fights Leon Edwards at some point in the spring, summer. And uh, then he beats Canelo at the end of the year. And we're sitting right back here as, uh, <laughs> you know, Kamaru Usman we, uh, back to back.
2: What is it going to be? Comeback fighter of the year for you? Oh, like, uh, boxing
1: really? guy. I'm wow. Trying to think. <laughs> yeah.
2: Wow.
1: Okay. I'm going to put you guys on the spot right here now. And by the way, congratulations to all the winner. There it is. Our 2021 MMA hour awards. Congratulations to Kamar Usman um, for, uh, picking up our final, final award. What a show it has been. 26 categories total. Putting you guys on the spot right here now. Didn't ask you to think about this beforehand. Bold prediction for 2022. How about that? Uh, A bold prediction. Who wants to go first? Anyone want to go first?
0: Uh, I'll go because I make the same type of bold prediction every single year. So it's very easy for me to go back to it. And this year is going to be my year, Helwani. What is it? In the past, it's always been John Jones going to be male fighter of the year. That's always been the prediction oh, every single year for me. This year, I'm gonna lessen that. I'm gonna lessen the stakes here, but it's possible he wins that too. But I'm gonna go, John Jones will be the UFC heavyweight champion next year. Uh, wait, next, meaning this year? This coming year, yeah. But by, by the time. Oh, sorry, we're not in 2021 anymore. Yes, yeah. I, I, I was in the, the, yeah, the yeah. 2021 mindset. By the time the the calendar turns to 2023, the, well, he doesn't have to be holding it. I'm not saying that he won't lose, you know, he won't lose it. He will win it at some point in this coming year. John wow. Jones, heavyweight champion.
1: Is that a ball prediction? I guess it is, considering where he's at right now. <laughs> <I guess it's laughs>
2: fun. Fun. Come on. I Come
1: mean, on. Give me like, some There's, there's here. no telling if he's going to His fight next or fight is for going to be for the belt.
0: I hope so. Like Cuz that would help my prediction. No. All right, fine. Is it? I mean, look, we, we thought that last year. You know, is this, this whole thing that all of a sudden there's the steeped conversation. I think his next fight will be for the belt. Who knows if it even comes this year? I hope. But that's my, that's my bold prediction. John Jones, heavyweight champion. And I think most people at this point are leaning more towards Cyril and, and Francis, if we're being honest. Um, I don't think John Jones has the, has the cachet that he once had, and especially at heavyweight. So I,
2: I think it's bold enough. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, GC? Yeah, bold. I feel like you really gotta you gotta bring the star power with these. Um, I think we're gonna have multiple and news, maybe even maybe even like four or five and news new champion. But I will go mm-hmm. with the women's bantamweight champion will not be Juliana Pena or Amanda Nunez at the end of 2022. I will take it as Valentina Shevchenko.
1: Wow,
0: that's bold.
2: That's, that's bold. bold. I like
0: that. That's bold.
1: Wow. That's
0: bold.
2: So what happens, by the way? Does does yeah? How does that play? Yeah, can can we? All right, so in a, map this out. I guess in a world where this map works according to plan, in the Pena Nunez rematch, Pena wins again, and then at the end of the year, Valentina fights Pena mm. for the bantamweight championship. A lot yeah. has to happen there. No That's fun, good. fun. I like I it. I like it. Um, and yours? Frank,
1: you're uh...
2: Amanda Serrano I'm becomes still the strawweight champion. By it. Yeah, Valentina. I think that's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah. That's it? That's all you that got? That was it. Uh, uh, I, thought, oh, I thought you were going to say Amanda Serrano beats Katie Taylor to become the uh, the women's pound-for-pound pound goat. I mean, if we're talking boxing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, she's an MMA fighter, by the way. Um, all right. I, you know, I'd even think of this one as well. Bold prediction 2022. Okay, tell me if this is bold enough. And then if it's not, I'd be willing to go a step further. We'll start to see a lot more fighters test free agency.
2: Nope. We need yeah. some <laughs> names. It's not bold enough. It's not, Talk to it's me. It's not like you can't, it's not tangible enough. It's okay. not. We need one that at the end of 2022, we can replay all these and be like, wow, you are an idiot, or wow, I can't believe you actually killed Yeah, told yeah me that. you're right. You're right. Okay, fair enough. All right, here it is. Who bold is it? prediction 2022,
1: hit my music. Something dramatic? No, okay. Uh, Nathan Diaz will fight
2: outside of the UFC.
0: Bold I like enough? I, yeah, I think bold enough. I, th- I think. I, yeah, uh, I agree.
2: I think that is bold enough. Yeah, we we can definitely accept that. How about we get particular? Do, do we have who does he fight? What promotion? Nah, I, of- I, I can't get. I can't get that particular. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but listen,
1: there, there's a lot of stories to watch. Yeah, as the year you know um, begins. Uh, there's some on-the-radar ones, off-the-radar ones. Where's PFL going to end up? They don't have a TV home right now. That's a big mm-hmm. one. Bellator on Showtime and their recent momentum. Uh, AJ McKee, are they going to keep him happy? You know, he's a huge star that they have over there in Bellator. The Francis Ngannou situation couldn't be bigger than that one, right? He that... wins on January 22nd. All the power, all the momentum. Nathan Diaz's contract, one fight left. Conor McGregor's contract, two fight left. Well, does he come back to get those two fights under his belt this year? And this renewed love affair with him and Dana White, which is really interesting as of late. Um, that's one to watch. So, I mean, there's there's a lot. There's a lot going on in MMA. and You know, do we get this? And then if you go a little bit less like seismic, you know, do we get Sterling Yan finally? Do we get some sort of, uh, you know... Conclusion to that, do they start to travel worldwide, right? Like, do they start to go back to overseas shows? Does Oliveira, they being the UFC, does Oliveira get to fight in Brazil? Does he get to defend his title in Brazil? Mm. Um, The Valentina Shout is a great one as well. The heavyweight division is a great one as well. Uh, Does Glover get to keep the belt? You know, like all these things. Does Habib come back? Does GSP come back? Wait a minute. Does Habib no, come I'm kidding, back? I'm kidding. Uh, but, but, you know, like the disruptors, right? The Jake Paul stuff, the Triller stuff. And the Triller's an MMA story. Like there's just,
0: there's a lot going on. There's a lot heading into 2022. This year set up quite a bit. Um, we've, it's it's almost like uh, the MCU, right? Where we've we've gotten these movies that are now setting up the, the next stage, the next phase. The as what? Call it. Yeah, just way above. The MCU, the Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe.
2: Okay. You guys on. never even heard of The Purge. Moving on.
0: I heard a lot
1: of people talking about a Spider-Man movie. Like
2: I couldn't. Yeah. My Man movie. You didn't see one commercial for it, honestly. I was going to pick that for my comeback of the year. I almost honestly thought about it.
1: no, and like the level of care that I had for this Spider. Like, it was like, how many Spider-Man movies are we going to get?
0: And what? Yeah, makes but here's this the one thing that's so brilliant about this, about this one. one. It was so all of them. What does it that was, mean? It combined all of them. It was all the universes kind of coming together. It was great. It was fantastic. Tremendous. You went to a theater and watched a plus. Yes.
2: Yeah, you I went to well. an actual theater. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Did you get sick? No,
2: Come. no, but I was with someone that I was I did not sick. get sick, <laughs> <There> and um, <laughs> that actually did happen, but I tested negative. World. And okay.
0: uh, yeah, no, I mean, look, there's not a lot of people going to theaters right now, you can kind of space it out, it's it's fine, it's great. You
2: haven't been to a the theater so long now, you can go to theaters and have like dinner and drinks, and they'll serve you while yeah, you're that's sitting just there crazy. in luxurious scenes. I hear they're re showing Titanic, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go to that either. <laughs> now, by, by the
1: way, didn't it have like third biggest opening ever?
0: or second was yeah, it, up like there it's monster yeah. numbers well you just said people aren't going to the theaters I meant in, in the same volume that they were before right like if it wasn't a pandemic maybe that's the first biggest opening Who? You
1: know? what's number one
0: I think it was uh, the
2: other yeah I think it's Marvel, Endgame M- Endgame uh, <laughs> <Marvel movie. laughs> no idea what that is listen let's uh, get you caught up on these there's only like 28 of them and then we got the TV series we can get you caught up who's playing Spider-Man these days now Tom yeah,
0: kinda, oh. kinda, what? I guess. Yeah. What is that a spoiler well, in, in the movie? Yeah, kinda. I mean, oh, in the sorry. movie, I saw Tobey Maguire or whatever his name is. Maybe, ah, maybe, it is. Maybe, ah, wow. okay, okay, maybe yeah. it is. maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. I
1: saw right. Encanto. Great movie. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. yeah,
2: I went to a theater and saw that. Disney's one. getting our money here, yeah. huh? Is that, is, is, really... that a, is that a theater movie? Uh, dude, I was bored on Black Friday, so I went. I went to a wait theater Black Friday. You mean Boxing Day? No, 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 no. Encanto came out in November. Oh, it did? Yeah. Oh, wow. He's up with it. All right, so (laughs)
0: 2021 Movie Awards. Ready? All right, best picture was...
1: Three hours to go. Okay. All right. You think we've had enough? We've probably had enough. Um, All right, this was fun, guys. Awesome. This was better than the other time that we brought the third guy in to do
2: our, you I know, honest, annual I swear tradition. To God, I have no recollection of this <laughs> at this all. That's what you guys are going to be saying in six I years. Have no about recollection. This. Is yeah. That, yeah. Crazy? that crazy. That, that I one no time theory. that we really brought that guy from Georgia, guy
1: the game night guy who came too. in. No, it's uh, it's always fun to dress up. It's fun to do this. I love doing this show. I'm happy when it's over because it's a lot of pressure. Because you want to represent, right? You want to sure. give the people, you know, the respect that they are due. I love the fact that I don't have to book any guests, but it's back to. Regular programming on Wednesday. Maybe I'll be any, here. GC will be here. Any, any little teaser?
0: Be yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. Why would I be here? Um, any, any little teaser? Yeah, yeah, anything?
1: yeah. Um, a couple guys who we spoke about on today's program will be on mm. Wednesday's show. Okay. I'll tell okay. you that. Interesting. Stay tuned for more. Um, some fun ones. It's shaping up to be a good one. I'm excited. Look, it's a, it's an off-period it's a down period for the UFC and other promotions. It's not a down period here. We're back. We're back. And dare I say, we're revved and ready to go. Let's go. Does anyone Let's get go. the reference?
0: Why, why do I know it? No, no I, do. I, I do. What uh, movie it rings is It a bell, but what is it from?
1: Someone knows it. Obscure revved and ready to go.
0: 90s. Yeah, no, it's... it's
1: it... I-Y-K-Y-K. If you know, you know, yeah.
0: Mm. I know it, but I don't know what from, but no? okay.
1: Who's, I mean, who's hip now? Uh, Guys, thank you very much. GC, great job as always. New York, great job as always. Glad we could do this. I mean, we're were about to end the streak. Uh, You know, if you didn't make that big life-changing decision, the streak would have been over. Um, Appreciate you dressing up for the moment as well. Uh, There they are, GC, New York, joining us. And congratulations to all the winners. And that's it. Almost three and a half hours. Nice, tidy show. I hope you all enjoyed it. And uh, whether you are listening or, or watching, I, I think it's a pretty easy show to follow along. It's a very fun one. A great year was had in the world of MMA, and I hope, and I pray, it's a greater, happier, healthier and more successful, more fun year in 2022. Let's try to stop it. And it's a full year of MMAR. And dare I say, my biggest and boldest prediction of all, best year in MMAR history starts right now. Frankie, you get the music. <clears throat> it's a lot of talking. You know, usually when you're doing the interviews, it's like, right, I mean, you know, ask question, they talk, ask questions. It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of talking. But I love it. No more water. Probably should get a couple of these. Had fun. Shout out to all the winners. My particular winners Kamar Usman, Juliana Pena, Gaichi Chandler, Sanhigan, Edgar, Volkanovsky, Ortega. Hernandez Vieira, Surreal Gan, Juliana Pena, Sergio Pettis, Anderson Silva, UFC 268, Peter Queeley, Beltor Dublin, Cale Harrison, Ryzen 28, Kamaru's Menaka, Jake Paul vs. Diaz GSP. Fantastic stuff. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed all the work that went into it, all the research, all the debating. I have. Uh, I have wrestled internally with myself over some of these winners, but overall, I feel good. We now put it to bed and we look forward to a big year in the sport of mixed martial arts. A fascinating year. It's a fun time to follow the sport. It's a fun time to be a fan of the sport. No UFC on Saturday, but they're back and then they're back for a very long stretch um, beginning January 15th with that card headlined by Giga Chikadze versus Calvin Cater and we're back regular scheduled programming. We'd be, uh, we we start on Wednesday with a normal show. A bunch of interviews already lined up. Stay tuned for those on the social media. Wednesday morning, I'll let you know about all those and more. Thank you, GC. Thank you, New York Rick. Thank you to the staff as well. And most importantly, thanks to all of you. Back on Wednesday, same time and
2: place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here.